I'm going to go with hair weave on that, Luby. I, I don't know that it's a piece, per se. Uh, you know, we, we played piece or no piece, which is trying to figure out if the guy's wearing a hair piece or not. Now, uh, I was at a bar yesterday after I played tennis with my son in the morning. Wow, I mean, the people of Pompano Beach, who, whoever is selling the hair pieces here, uh, is really just robbing people blind or assuming that they are blind because... Why don't you stick a muskrat or a dead squirrel on your head? What is the point of wearing something that looks so stupid, so obvious? The time. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. You have to be careful what you say about that particular subject. Very sensitive, uh, the uh, hair loss thing. Uh, somebody <laughs> might come out of the audience here on Ion Channel and just slap both of us in the face. <laughs> Me for being obsessed with hair pieces and you for laughing at my silly jokes about uh, people that may have uh, problems. Now, now, we don't mean to uh, imply anything negative about that. It just uh, happens to be fact that if you play piece or no piece, you're going to see a few really horrible uh, hair pieces out there, and you start to notice them more as you start to play the game. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. Good to be with you here on Ion Channel. Jeff DeForest, one Mike Luby Lubitz. It's a degenerate Friday, and wow, what a perfect time to degenerate. Later on in the program, the professor once again with the professor's big board, and I don't know uh, where his handicapping is going to go. Right? He doesn't really get into the NBA, college basketball, and college football are basically his thing. So I'm not sure he's going to have any selections. Is it Australian rules football season yet? Yes. Because uh, during the pandemic, nobody was more creative in finding degenerate action. <laughs> and absurd, bizarre, uh, I mean, uncommon degenerate action than the professor when he realized that he could hit it out of the park on Australian rules football. So I, I don't know if they're in season. I, I'm going to assume yes. that they're not. No, they are. You, they are. Yeah. I, yeah, he gave us picks like uh, two or three weeks ago. He just got enraptured in the tournament and the uh, big board. So we'll see if we can pull his arm about doing a little bit of Aussie rules. And this would be the only show where you'll find that. And by the (laughs) way, uh, just a note here, uh, Andy up earlier, the – are up early this morning, the birthday boy from yesterday turned 65, and uh, that was remarkable in and of itself in light of uh, the many uh, health conditions that he's had to uh, endure to get to this point. Uh, the ticker, when the ticker's not right, uh, it's not a really a pleasant thing, and it doesn't bode well for the future. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the, the methodology, I mean, it's come a long way since Christian Barnard, right? I mean, when he uh, <laughs> walked into the hospital with that baboon and said, hey, we can put that right in this guy's chest right now, and he's going to live forever. And people were like, come on, Christian, uh, what, what did you lose your mind? But he, he did come up with the heart transplant, the original one. That, that didn't last that long. Yeah, do you remember what happened to the original guy that got the heart transplant? Did he, like, check out after, like, two weeks? I don't know. What was he over under? <laughs> God. Probably didn't. Yeah, you're not. He probably didn't last. I mean, they were futzing so, around. <laughs> like, so, somebody's got to be the first, right? I mean, the Wright brothers, yeah. uh, you know, they didn't get off the ground that long, and yet they're credited with, uh, you know, everything that's happening today in modern-day Aviation, uh, stuff that we take for granted, that you can even get a Spirit Airlines flight off the ground. That was encouraging news. Did you see that? JetBlue, which uh, usually is regarded as a a very pleasant experience in terms of air travel, uh, is making a bid to buy Spirit Airlines. Does that mean that they still run it in the same fashion as Spirit Airlines? I don't know. Hey, Joe, uh, bring that propeller out to the plane. You know, they're going to need it. (laughs) What? They're going to need it. I uh, forget the name of the uh, airlines. Uh, Mohawk, that was it. Mohawk Airlines. Used to take Mohawk Airlines from New York City. Once in a while, I would fly up to Syracuse uh, when I was going to school there. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'd 
hitchhiking was still in vogue then, but uh, every now and then you had to uh, expedite the trip a little bit. So uh, I would take uh, a flight up there. And uh, much like a Legion Airlines goes to a lot of like small cities yeah. like Lexington, if you were going to go to Keeneland, which opens up today. And for you degenerates out there, that's uh, racing nirvana. It really is. Although not, not always the easiest place to hit, but uh, you do get a lot of bombs coming in there. Uh, horses are coming in from all over the place, but it's spectacular. And if you get there, I just had an invitation to go up there next Friday with a friend of mine. Get this, Luby, with a free place to stay. How about that? Nice. That saves you a lot of money because they do juice the prices on the hotels. It's not as obnoxious as it is at, uh, you know, near Churchill Downs for the Kentucky Derby. Anything near Churchill Downs, which essentially is a racetrack that uh, on any other occasion you would have almost no desire to go to. It's not bad, but, uh, you know, as Betty Davis said, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? What a dump. They fixed it up. I mean, uh, they did spruce it up a little bit. So not all of the areas there are back in the Stone Age. But they did uh, a nice job, actually, there of integrating the old and the new. And they kept, uh, like, the twin spires and some of the classic things about Churchill Downs. But to pay, like, $600 a night for a Red Roof Inn, come on. Ugh. Who was the guy? Was it Martin Mull? Who was the guy that used to do that commercial for the Red Roof Inn? Oh, God, and uh, that wasn't the one. Uh, the Motel 6 was the one where somebody's going to leave a light on for you. Yes, yes, yes. W- which they would have to just to ward off the cockroaches. <laughs> Keep the criminals away. <laughs> Red Roof Inn. Uh, is it an upgrade from like a Motel 6 or a Super 8? Uh, yeah. It's right probably, in that category. Yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit of an upgrade maybe. Uh, at least nice. they have a lobby in the hotel. <laughs> And the guy doesn't look like he, uh, you know, just busted out of jail who's, uh, you know, arranging for your room. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think it's ready. Don't worry about a thing. Here's a key. And the key comes on a cinder block. That's always a bad sign when you're staying in a hotel. But uh, it's like five, $600 a night yep. will be to stay uh, in, in these hotels. I mean, that are normally like forty nine ninety five. dollars uh, So they don't use the prices that badly at Keeneland, but, but it definitely is worth the trip. If you're a horse player. Um, I, I would imagine you would have to have some, some, you know, sort of deeper interest in thoroughbred racing than just being a casual fan to really enjoy going there. Unless you wanted to tour like uh, the University of Kentucky campus. I don't know. You have any interest in that, Libby? No, I wouldn't have any interest. In not that. really. No. no. Not. <laughs> no. There's not much else going on there, I can assure you. Now, if it's crappy out, I mean, if it's raining and it's cold, uh, it's not the most fun unless uh, you're in some kind of, uh, you know, uppity type of arrangement like the green room there which we've been able to uh, infiltrate a couple of times but uh just to be in the stands with crappy weather uh keeneland not exactly a pleasant experience but uh, when it's nice there with like 65 sunny clear skies wow i mean just pure racing nirvana so i'm thinking about uh, doing that i don't know Luke, you think i can make that arrangement keeneland? up there uh, next friday yeah, like a one-day uh, trip maybe could be one of those things okay. but that's a legion airlines and you know <laughs> You look like I, I a boy. <laughs> I'll give you credit. You go for it. <laughs> when the airline symbol is a skull and crossbones. Exactly. <laughs> that's, 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 that's real scary. gamble. That's the gamble is whether or not you're going to get there in one piece. More so than uh, whether or not you're going to win or lose money while you're out there at the racetrack. I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about that one. But uh opens up today, uh, Keeneland Racecourse. And uh, the horse players just absolutely love it. They dive in there and. You know, bet with both fists. So it uh, should be a lot of fun today later on in the car. And I would imagine I will be implanted somewhere at a paramutual facility. Now, speaking of wagering, a lot of things happening. Wow. The Masters yesterday, Tiger Woods. Would anybody, does anybody in our listening audience, viewing audience know here on Ion Channel who the leader is of the Masters tournament right now? Who's leading after one round? You had no idea, right? Because no you never saw a shot of the leader on any newscast and uh, anywhere else for that matter. Correct? 
I never, uh, even when I was looking at the leaderboard, they like zoom right by the person. Like I, I had not seen this person hit one ball at all. Not one. Uh, the leader is a guy named uh, Sun J M, who I believe is a South Korean. And uh, he has been prominent. He finished second in the Masters in 2020. So it's not like it was impossible to figure this guy to uh, have a good tournament. He's and good uh, he's one of those guys that every time you're thinking about betting a golf tournament, uh, you do take him into consideration if he's in the field. Sung J M. He's actually fairly prominent. Yeah. Uh, he's not John Rahm or, uh, you know, any of the big name guys that, that you would be familiar with. Justin Thomas, you're thinking, is going to do well. My, my man, Victor Hovland, uh, I guess, is sort of hovering around, uh, still in contention. But uh, we, we were involved in a betting pool. John Kajemi, who, who is our golf correspondent here on the program and has played the course and actually is uh, like, I mean, he says he's a three and a hook now, handicapped. Okay, but, that's still good. I mean, this guy. But that means what? He's shooting a 75, yeah. 76 every time he takes the He's course? Sub 80. That's a win. Who, who could say that? <laughs> no one I know. <laughs> no one in my circle of friends and acquaintances, that's for sure. I, I don't know any scratch golfers out there. But, Kajemi, uh, you, you could imagine. I mean, he's an excellent athlete. Uh, was a guy good enough to play uh, Division One college football and played in the pros in Canada and uh, then was on the Celebrity Golf Tour, which is kind of a unique thing. Although you have to be a decent golfer. It's not like yeah. you know, they, they do have celebrities out there that are clowning around like Barkley was for many years. Uh, I don't know how good of a golfer Joe Pesci is. He was talking about Pesci the other day and how Pesci had action on every shot, every hall with every guy, which is something that Think on a Degenerate right. Friday show, <laughs> we have great respect for, do we not? You're going to say that sounds Obviously. Right. <laughs> but uh, he, he was doing well. I mean, this was a deal where you pick seven guys from seven different columns. It's not uncommon, right? Because you saw in our Believe uh, Network uh, golf pool uh, that was offered to us, which I was unable to get my uh, entry to submit, which it really wouldn't matter since I uh, went up and smoked <laughs> right away the first day. <laughs> That's been happening to me a lot lately with these golf tournament bets uh, where my entire team is over par. And, uh, you know, one guy withdrew, Paul Casey. He, he didn't even play. <laughs> not even playing. I scratch. <laughs> I'm looking for his name. I'm like, hey, what happened to Paul Casey? He's usually pretty good in these Straight events. He scratch. surprises people by being in contention. He scratched. <laughs> oh, my God, Deep. <laughs> now, that, that doesn't ruin you, though, uh, because and, and the odd thing is uh, the ruling is there there are seven columns in this thing. I wish I had the sheet with me. I left it in my car, but uh, seven columns of players okay. and you have to pick one from each column, column A, column B. It's kind of like ordering a Chinese restaurant say, that uh, has an expanded <laughs> menu. I felt like I was getting a lunch. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like, uh, I'll have the mushu pork and uh, let me rice. see. What, what's on column hey, B there? Chow mein. Yeah. Chicken chow mein. <laughs> Does anybody order chow mein at a Chinese restaurant my anymore? Mom. Is it even on the menu, chow mein? Yeah, yeah yes? my mom likes chow mein. Yeah, she gets it. I, I like chow mein, but I haven't had it in centuries never, because never. it seems bizarre to never. go to a Chinese restaurant and order the chicken chow mein. Yep, never. Now, is Chung King still in business? <laughs> Chung no, King. Remember, they made uh, they made canned chow mein, and uh, it was a big oh, staple of my oh, yeah, uh, youthful yeah, yeah, yeah. diet. Yeah, I think I think it's in business, the, the canned stuff. Yeah, I think it still exists. Remember, they had the big can of the stuff, and yes. then they had, like, a little can attached to it that you had to, like, kind of tear off there. And then the, I don't know what was in the little can. Was that the rice? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I or was that the it. actual stuff? I never bought it. I've just seen it in Publix before. I've never bought that. Chung King Chicken Chow Mein well, was, I mean, uh, that was a regular thing. I mean, every couple of weeks we were serving up at the DeForest household a little Chung King Chicken Chow Mein. But uh, to go to a Chinese restaurant and order the chow mein? 
Does that really happen anymore? I've I mean, uh, or is that just on the kids' menu? Help me out with I've, this. I've never uh, done maybe that. I will get the gambling I've, gourmet. He, he would know. Mike Mayo, he, he would know the answer to that. Ordered chow mein. <laughs> I just know it exists. What kind of look does a waiter give you? I mean, what, what does a dirty look look like in Chinese? <laughs> Isn't it always? They're never happy. I've never had a, uh, gone to a Chinese restaurant and have the server be like a normal server. They're always very quick no. to the point and don't like you. Always. It's always like, okay, my hurt. And you're like, I always look around. Like, are they talking to me? Like, yeah, yeah. Am I bothering you by putting yes. this on her in? I mean, what do you what want? Do you think? Okay. And they leave. Here you go. And then they leave. And I'm like, I mean, that was efficient, but I don't feel loved. <laughs> I, I I don't mean anything offensive by, you know, like just throwing a little bit of an accent in here. But, uh, you know, the famous line is, no come with fried rice. You pay extra. Yeah, always. It's always pay extra, too. Yeah. Everything's pay extra. Always extra. <laughs> Everything. It's not an upcharge. It's just you pay extra. Yeah, you always. pay extra. Always. All right. We're on dangerous turf here with uh, the Chinese restaurant material. I, I just don't believe that anybody <laughs> orders chicken chow mein anymore. And uh, I do recall seeing it on the menu because I checked for it the other day. I had like a little takeout menu. I had nothing to read. My post hadn't come yet. So I'm reading a Chinese menu here on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> My life has become a disaster. It's a, it's a shambles. Ever since I, uh, you know, increased my gambling uh, outlay uh, of cash and uh, the denominations with which I was sending it in uh, at the racetrack yesterday, a little bit of a disaster. Although uh, our good uh, friend Big Rich uh, hit something for like thirty six hundred. Oh, the nice! Big five. Oh, at Gulfstream wow. Park, one of the races won by a uh, real good buddy of ours, uh, the great Luca Panici. Oh, Panici. Actually, like one of the favorite horses. Luca's usually on something that's like 60 to 1 or better. <laughs> so I was like, well, who's this Luca Panici? It's got to be a different guy. He's on a 5 to 2 shot. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you were like shocked. He had a shot. One for fun by the length of the stretch. It may as well have been Lafitte Pink Eye at that point, man. I mean, nice. uh, the horse was going to win the race anyway. But uh, So anyway, in this uh, golf proposition, you're picking a guy from uh, one of seven columns, one guy from each of seven columns. And each column has probably at least a dozen guys in it. So, uh, you know, it, it's a tough choice and you're going to have to pick it and the way they do it. Most of these pools, and it was very similar to the one that we had from belief. So this, this is not a unique format, uh, very similar where they kind of group guys together that make it a tough choice. Guys of similar ranking, whatever, like the top 10 might be in one list on one list. And, and you know, then it goes on from there. So you're always having to make sort of a competitive choice. Yeah. And, uh, I made all the wrong ones. So yeah. <laughs> Is there a changing of the guard in golf that just uh, flew by me? Who was the guard, I, I just, though? Like, that's my thing. Is what happened to Jason, J Jason Day? Like, there was a group of Fowler, Spieth, McElroy, Day. Fowler, and, for me, is a throwout. In oh, they're not even in it anymore, though. Like, none yeah. of them seem to be in it anymore. Like, what, what Johnson hangs around, but, like, those other guys... And this is now six, seven years ago. Well, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, uh, Dustin Johnson, they, uh, they, they were all big uh, a few years ago. Uh, they're still prominent. Dustin Johnson has to have a fairly high ranking. He's not number one in the world anymore. John Rahm, you're, you're thinking, how, how many tournaments can this guy be favored in where he blows a gasket in the opening round? He, he didn't really blow up yesterday. All, all these guys, I suppose, are still somewhat in contention. But you would never know that Sung J.M. is the leader. Now, with this Paul Casey deal, uh, the ruling is if your guy doesn't start, in other words, he's on the list, but he, he doesn't actually start the tournament, okay. then you get the player that was at the top of that particular list. All okay. right. You would think that's so, good. So uh, Casey was actually at the top of that list. And you know who's second on the list? 
And, and this isn't done because that, that top player is necessarily going to be the best choice. Yeah, just it there. just happens to be arbitrary that, uh, you know, he, he's at the top of the list. I don't even know. It might be alphabetical uh, the way they do these lists. But uh, the, the next guy on the list who I now inherited as a player, it's kind of like getting the favorite well, when your horse is scratched in uh, one of these uh, sequences, like a, a pick four, pick five. Your horse gets scratched out of, say, the third leg of the thing. Now you get the post-time favorite. It's too late to go back and change the ticket. They can't have guys go and rebet. So uh, you get the post-time favorite, which usually is a disaster because in most cases you're trying to beat the post-time favorite. So I end up with Bryson DeChambeau, which you would figure not bad, although I would not have picked DeChambeau. Obviously, I didn't. I took Casey over DeChambeau to begin with. But DeChambeau has been out with a wrist injury, and you had to figure that uh, he was not exactly going to be razor sharp going into the Masters in the first round. Uh, if anything, he's going to be, as uh, they say, uh, in the first round of any boxing match. Well, it looks like they're in a little bit of a feeling-out process. In other words, what a feeling-out process is in boxing, there is zero action going on. Yeah. Nothing is happening. Neither guy is throwing a punch. It looks like it's going to be the worst stiff of a match that you've ever seen in your life. And so, as an announcer, you fall back to the standard cliché description well, this looks like a little bit of a feeling out process. <laughs> In other words, you're a lying scumbag, yeah, Mr. Announcer. <laughs> this is the worst fight that you've ever seen, which I had the pleasure of calling the, the worst fight in, in history. Yes, but, yeah. And it's documented with over uh, 2.3 million views on uh, YouTube. Isn't that amazing? My favorite is oh, through the years. There's some anniversary or something, but every... Once a year, I'll start getting messages like, "Have you seen this?" I'm like, "Yes." I don't even re- I don't even look anymore. I'm like, "Yes, I've seen it. Yes, it's Defo. Yes, it's the worst fight." <laughs> well, it was the worst boxer ever. I mean, the fight itself was I mean, relatively short, though. I, I don't know that it could qualify as the worst ever. I mean, it was obviously a mismatch. As the house fighter, some guy named Tony Mosco or Mosca knocked the crap out of this guy named Jimmy Smith, who had no business ever being licensed to box. <laughs> This guy shouldn't have been licensed to do anything. He shouldn't have even been like Tiger. Probably shouldn't be licensed to drive, but uh, he can play golf. So the story was all Tiger Woods yesterday. Uh, DeChambeau blew a gasket. All of my guys are over par. Justin Thomas didn't do too well. He wasn't out of it completely. Victor Hovland, who I thought was going to win the tournament, not completely out of contention, but not exactly, uh, you know, knocking him dead on the leaderboard there, which uh, the Sung J.M. shot. Five under to lead the tournament. Tigers at one under par, which in, it. in and of itself is remarkable, isn't it? That's crazy. He finished a round, first of all, which I wasn't sure he'd be able to do. And he's in contention, which is ridiculous. Yeah, he played great. I mean, uh, you know, scrambled. Uh, Tiger was always great. Uh, all these guys are tremendous. I mean, at troubleshooting. When they're uh, in, in jackpots, uh, it's amazing how many times they salvage par from driving the ball to a, another fairway where they're behind a complete wall of trees. <laughs> Straight trees. <laughs> right. Now, now, you know what would happen if you were in that I'd position. Throw it. You would either throw the ball I'd out there or pretend it never went in there in the first place, <laughs> drop one out of your pants leg into the fairway, and then look around, you know, give him one of those. And the ball drops. Oh, yeah, there it is. Look, see, I told you it went straight. 100%. I've done it many a time. <laughs> I don't even think about it. If you don't cheat at golf, then, then there's no reason to play the game. That's my thing. <laughs> the game was designed to cheat. I, I don't really like cheating in other sports. You know, I don't want to win tennis matches or games that I'm playing with other guys. I'm a recreational player, let's face it, not in any tournaments. But I don't want to job a guy on a line call. No, no. I'm sure I made my share of mistakes here and there. I, I try to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, whoever I'm playing. 
And uh, every now and then, I mean, uh, you know, we often mention this with Harvey Fialkoff when he's on a show uh, on our uh, Tuesday edition. Uh, he plays a guy that's a sports writer here, covered the Heat since their inception, and, and is outstanding at what he does, uh, Ira Winderman. But he's not a great tennis player and blind as a bat. <laughs> Either that, I mean, some people just think that all of their shots are in and all of yours are out. Yes. You ever notice that? Yes. Like, as badly as they're calling the uh, ball uh, when, you know, they're trying to figure out if your shot was in or out, that's how, I mean, exaggerate that even further. And they the think way. everything they hit was in. Ball makes a, like a, a mortar shell like uh, <laughs> Mark. Four feet out of bounds, right? It's there. <laughs> it's right. like a hole. You have to call the groundskeeper. Hey, Kevin, can you come fix this? Feel yeah, it. no, it's going to need a little clay. <laughs> and the guy's looking at you in total stunned disbelief that you called that out. Winterman was one of those guys. He would bank one off the fence, all right? And the ball would literally hit the fence. So you make no call, and you go back to, like, serving or whatever you were doing. You know what it is, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, you might uh, say to score, okay, 30 love. And he goes, what? 30 love? That was out? <laughs> He's incredulous. I can hit the fence, bud. Hit the Hello. fence, yeah. Rebote, man. I mean, you're waiting for Joey Cornblit to dive this to the is a racquetball. <laughs> send it up there. Like, it looked like a highlight shot. Going off the back wall. <laughs> uh, the attention uh, to Tiger, what was it over the top? I, I, every newscast uh, only features Tiger Woods. You would yep. not know Sung J M was in the tournament. No idea. Um, I, I don't really blame him for going wild over this. I mean, it is, uh, as we said, uh, you can't help but recognize that that's a hell of a sports story. I mean, the guy could have just as easily been dead. Uh, they were talking about amputating his right leg. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is the Monty Stratton story all over again. You have to go back and watch that movie, Luby. I've heard of it. Jimmy Stewart, June yeah. Allison. I mean, when, when June Allison wells up, when they hit, throw the bunt down on him and Monty Stratton with a wooden leg falls to the ground and he can't field it in the All-Star game, they brought him back to pitch in. And you're like, wow, I mean, I, I was just crushed. And then, of course, the next guy gets up and does the same thing. And this time he feels the ball and the crowd goes nuts. And it looks like everything's going to be okay. So so we'll see. I mean, uh, what will day two be for Tiger Woods? All eyes of the golf universe and sporting universe will be on Tiger Woods. It didn't matter that it was opening day in baseball yesterday. You would not have even known. You could hear a pin drop around Major League Baseball stadiums because everybody was enthralled and infatuated uh, with the uh, whole Tiger Woods story, which turned out to be, uh, you would have to say, I. What would you have preferred to see, Louis? This or Tiger shoot a ninety-seven and oh, never we, play golf again? A ninety-seven, honestly. But again, it's about the story. <laughs> How much can we talk about him getting a ninety-seven? So him being competitive makes it more viable to discuss. It was great. I mean, uh, hung in there, one under. Probably could have done a little bit better. Uh, he scrambled out of several uh, real jackpot situations, and uh, seems to be ideally suited. I mean, he knows the course. He knows where to put the ball. And if you could hit a little bit straighter with the driver, this, this guy is obviously a little bit of a threat. So th those that have Tiger to make the cut, does he go plus 10 today? I mean, what what could possibly go wrong here if you had laid the 120 to win 100 that he would make the cut? I think it was 120 to win 100. And if he would miss the cut, it actually was the favorite proposition, I believe, at, at minus 110 for you mm -hmm. degenerates out there. I don't know. Do we need to explain the language on a degenerate Friday? I don't think so. No. Because you're thinking, you know, you're talking to the common man. They don't know what you're talking about. Minus 120, minus no. 110. But uh, the crowd that we our... have here, it's like, <laughs> hey, bring it on, man. You're speaking my language. It sounds like Shakespeare is talking to the if crowd. you're watching us, you it's get great. it. Yes. <laughs> Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Exactly. <laughs> 
So a great story there. Uh, other guys are in contention. Uh, Kinjemi had like three guys in the top ten, uh, all okay. three under par. He had Scotty Scheffler. Okay. He had uh, Dustin Johnson, three under par, and I, I think Johnson bogeyed like 17. He was four under par uh, coming down the stretch there, and uh, they usually make par on 17 and 18. Uh, these pros at Augusta National, it doesn't seem like there were overwhelmingly treacherous holes. You're expecting a guy to make a four, although Johnson actually was in the gallery. He, he got away with murder on 18, Dustin Johnson. He could have fallen apart at the seams there, just unraveled like your dog's toy after, you know, uh, Skippy in this case. Uh, he, he's not much of a toy destroyer. My other dog, my little dog, she will destroy every toy that's in front of her. Just takes it and uh, like like an accountant looking at my taxes, <laughs> <laughs> going into all kinds of gesticulations and gyrations and saying, "What you think you're going to get away with this? Are you kidding me? Golf clubs you want to write off? You haven't played in thirty years, Defoe. You really want to write them off again this year? Huh? Again, you're just buying clubs every year. <laughs> I buy a new set every year. I don't even play. They happen That's to be great. in Nevada and in New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, balls around the racetrack <laughs> infield there. That would be the only chance I would have uh, to be on any kind of piece of uh, landscape or real estate that looks like, you know, it could potentially become a golf course. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it would be wild today. I mean, uh, I'll be watching. I, I, I wasn't as riveted to it because I, um, you know, I, I ended up, uh, I was going to go for my walk of life and the lightning started. So I made the mistake of uh, making a premature move to a uh, local paramutual facility where I uh, proceeded to get buried. <laughs> And see, you can't hide anything from the wife anymore, you sick, degenerate bastards out there that, uh, you know, used to be able to tell the wife, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I took a couple of guys out to dinner. So first of all, she knows you're not paying cash for that. And uh, second of all, every bank movement is traced all the way back to Moscow. I mean, uh, <laughs> especially with apps, you you yeah. know what what's taken out or put in, I mean, especially yeah. if you keep track of your money. I, I don't even think even Hunter Biden could hide the money that he's losing gambling from his wife or spouse. All right. <laughs> Was he married Hunter Biden and divorced? I believe he is. Maybe. Or he has something. Fits. He's got like a child out he of wedlock kid, with yeah, uh, some mean, stripper. Yeah. He's a stripper. Boy, I mean, is he the, uh, you know, the offspring, the, the son version to Joe Biden uh, of what Billy Carter was to <laughs> Jimmy Carter? Or he's like uh, Roger Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you find out, wow, the guy has like a buffoon brother. But he's president of the United exactly, States. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Roger Clinton. <laughs> You're wondering how the hell they came from the uh, the same parents. It's incredible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't hide any of these transactions anymore. No, no. And they register right away. Like like if you buy a drink at the track and you use yeah. your credit card, yeah. right? Because nobody wants to let go of any of their cash when they're at a racetrack. Unless you just happen to make a score, like Big Rich did yesterday. He had that pick five for 3600 How about nice. that? Nice. Nice uh, little move there. Bet eighty four dollars and he won thirty six hundred. Great, great, great move. Yeah, Good for him. Had a single in the last race. He needed one horse to come through, and uh, sure enough, it did. After uh, hitting a bomb, that the uh, horse that triggered it, he had an all in one race, which is always a nice move. And he got the bomb. He, he got the uh, long shot that he needed, uh, thirty five to one shot. And that set up the stage for the entire ticket. But, I mean, maybe Big Rich was swinging a few sticks around the bar. Hey, drinks for everybody. Or, see, now, would you keep that quiet if you want a bunch of money? Or would you buy the bar around of drinks? Oh, what be, would you be more inclined to do? I appreciate you for asking. I feel like you understand what I would do. 
<laughs> I know what you would do. Yeah. I would leave, and no one would have it. Why did Luby leave? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, it wouldn't even be, why did Luby leave? It would be like, hey, hey where's Luby? <laughs> I would have been left. <laughs> I just saw him. He was at the window cashing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would run. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that money would be in the trunk long before it ever got to the bartender. I don't have sure. to generate. Like, I've had to learn to generate code from you guys. I end up, like, if I yeah. put money down and I win, why is it you're over there? Like, I don't understand that thinking. Like, Andy has made fun of me because if we were somewhere and he came out and he was talking about a story, and I'm like, why would you share the money? And he looked at me like I was an asshole. <laughs> What are you talking about? You are an about? asshole if you don't, uh, you know, I, I don't share I, the wealth a little bit. I, I, it makes sense now. I've been around you you're guys. You're hanging for out with a bunch of guys. You, you you hit for like uh, you know a few hundred bucks. I mean, you're not going to. Uh, the drinks. drinks are very yeah, reasonably priced drinks, yeah. uh, at the particular paramutual facility where I'm enjoying my screen to screen simulcasting. So, I mean, if you bought five drinks, it's going to cost you what? Like 20 30 bucks? bucks? Yeah, might Something like that? 30. I don't know. It's not worth it. Uh, you know, oh, just, of course. It's a gesture. It keeps the party it's going. good karma you're creating. You don't want to be some cheap, oh, obviously. miserly scumbag, <laughs> You just ask, well, what would I do like in me? My natural reaction would be, all right, <laughs> I'll see you guys. Oh, I mean, a classic <laughs> of all time of your uh, general ingratefulness was uh, when I told you I was going to give you like 25% or something uh, of money if I you won the bet. You gave me a percentage, and, and, so I'm like, all right. <laughs> then I won the bet. It was a substantial amount of money, which good. none of which you were entitled to. It's not mine. <laughs> I just felt badly for you that you were standing there bored to tears uh, watching us gamble our brains out. And uh, I, I think I shorted you on the 25%, like five bucks or You just something. gave me the nearest number. You gave me what number All I had was hundreds. I, I yeah. handed you like a couple of sticks, yep. as I recall. Yep. And uh, you said, no, no it should be 10? 205. Where's the 10? <laughs> 205? How do you even know what this thing paid? How much? I mean, I did the you math. don't even know what I had on this bet. I'm yeah. the one that made the bet. I, I laid out, out the cash. <laughs> I, I, I really did question the... You know, I had to learn the, the gambling. No, I've had to learn the gambling, but not only the vernacular, which I finally sort of got down, but the gambling aura and the feeling and the, it's like a team effort. You know, like you're in it together. Depends on your relationship with the you know people that that you're going to uh, whatever gambling facility you're at with. I mean, uh, you can have an occasion where let, let's say you hit a jackpot. I was playing this game, Let It Ride, in the uh, Harris Casino. I, I like the game. It's a stupid game. Uh, we know this, and this is another thing going back to one of the great uh, gambling philosophers of all time, uh, my good friend Eddie Kaplan, who uh, did a radio show uh, almost told I mean, you talk about the forerunner to Degenerate Friday. This guy's whole show was nothing but degeneracy. It was great. And, and this is way ahead of his time, man. I mean, imagine the value of this man's show today. Oh, it would be everything. Although he would be reluctant to, uh, you know, uh, kind of. You know, get you involved in some of these come on things and things like that. Uh, whatever uh, outfit he endorsed, you would have to think that that is one mensch of an organization because uh, he, he had that kind of credibility and uh, the kind of character where he wasn't going to push you in a direction that uh, he, he didn't think was wise for you to go in when, when it came to uh, gambling and your gambling habits. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, he, uh, you know, he, he had many, many uh, outstanding. Uh, gambling theories and he, he just uh, you know always was uh, right on the money but uh, you know if, if there was a way to uh, to separate you from your cash we will find it. we will find it. <laughs> oh yeah we will i forgot which kaplan theory i was going to allude to <laughs> if, if you noticed it, it was a little bit i, know. Of I was waiting out. to see i'm like people's usually good at coming back I'm, i want to see if he can find it 
No, I couldn't. I couldn't fish it out of my mind there because I, uh, I kind of lost, lost track too. of the entire direction of the conversation. I started thinking about our show and where we're going the rest of the hour. So I, yeah. I, I, I was listening. It'll come back. Not. It'll come back. No, he had many great gambling theories, this guy. He, he, he really had a did. lot, and he caged like a legend. What do you mean? The fact that you can pick the time you end oh, based around I, I got games. It. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I know what we were going to say. Because we were go. talking about Let It Ride, right? Yes, yes. You brought it up. And that is uh, that there is never a new casino game that is designed or introduced. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of this stuff that has come out lately. I mean, they, they had Caribbean stud poker. That, that was a nightmare of a game. People won money at it, but uh, normally it was a disaster, and, and it was designed just to make you, uh, you know, I mean, consider uh, alternative methods of living. I, I you know, it, it was crazy because uh, you had to have the dealer qualify, so you could have had the greatest hand in the world, and you're finally positioned to make a score. And unless you played like the, you know, hideous five dollar bonus on every hand, mm-hmm. you were getting nothing for like having four aces, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. If the dealer didn't have like a king high in, in his hand. Uh, and now they have what? They have Mississippi Stud Poker. Have you seen that? Mississippi Stud Poker. A lot of people think that that is a really good game. Of course, you see all of the Asian people playing Baccarat, and uh, they seem to be in just outright frustration. Does anybody win at Baccarat? <laughs> They're always like ripping the cards up and firing them at the dealer. Didn't 007 always win? <laughs> it wasn't that 00 Sean Connery. Never had any problem. Yeah, I... I, I, I have to be honest with you, as many times that I, as I've watched it, and there were times where I kind of understood what was going on, I still don't really understand <laughs> what the point is of Bakra. I think it's to get zero or something. I, I, I don't know. And it's player bank and, and the tie. And, and these guys bet big money on this. Uh, you know, is it a game that you actually have a little bit of an edge? Because supposedly, by all casino theory, the game that has the least house advantage, believe it or not, Luby, is craps. Oh, oh, yeah, if you played, loves, if you so. played craps by the books, the house uh, only has like a one percent edge or something like that. That's too fun. Which, that, uh, craps is yeah. fun. I love craps. Is the one where there's like forty people there all the time, and everyone's like, "Yeah!" Like I love craps. I like just watching people play craps. Craps is craps an action can be a game. Good time. Yeah, no, it's it's a fun game, except when you're uh, getting crushed, getting hammered. <laughs> in which case, like any other form of gambling, it's a disaster. <laughs> And probably the worst thing you'll ever experience in your life. Now, now, if the house, this is what baffles me about craps, though. Mm-hmm. If the house only has this 1% advantage, then how is it that everybody is getting wiped out? Because <laughs> <laughs> they exactly. just play like stupid morons? I mean, is that it? Oh, or if you played by a book, would you just eventually lose that 1% and have very little chance of winning any money? That's another possibility that you have to take a look at because gambling naturally by its very nature is meant to be a gamble yes as, as the professor would tell you there, there's no short thing it's not called winning it's called gambling yep. uh i think blackjack is second in, in yes. terms of uh, marginal house edge roulette uh has the two zeros uh, you know zero and double zero and, and that basically uh, you know equates out to the house advantage in that game so they're paying you 35 to one even though it's a 37 to one proposition so what is that? That's, oh, that's, uh, so they automatically win no matter what, then. They always get a See, see no, if, if math classes were worth anything, uh, I would be able to... I, I sort of could well, calculate that by a cockamamie uh, method. <laughs> if you it's not t- like I'm going to use Pythagorean theory, but I could probably tell you that that's like a 7% advantage or something like that. Right? Well, then you should have just kept going with math and then engineering. Like, there are jobs centered around math. <laughs> He's got a Degenerate really math. Uh, you know, that's it, another... It's much... 
level of mad. Much more practical, <laughs> though. And, you know, I, I think it, it's much more, uh, you know, helpful to the mind than studying like parallelograms, right? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I when was the last that. time you invoked any kind of uh, system that uh, you oh, had geometry? to all your knowledge Man. of a fourth grade, uh, you know, parallelograms? My sixth, grade, my sixth or seventh grade geometry that I hated has never come yes. into play. <laughs> Ever. Never. Never. Right. That's the truth, right? I agree. Trigonometry? You ever use that? I don't even remember I what it was. I never got up to you? trig. No, I was What was trigonometry? Math. I never got up to trig, so good for you that you did some trig. I, I Geometry? Got to algebra, algebra I remember algebra? You'd be sitting there, you know, with those division signs and, and never all this stupid anything. stuff. I'm never going X to the second or whatever the fuck. Yeah, no. I mean... And then there was calculus, mean. which uh, was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, unless uh, you were some kind of... You know, uh, physicist or uh, whatever, you were going to go into something in the scientific world. But what was the point of learning calculus? Zero point zero. And that is usually the answer, too. Right. Right. The answer was always nil nil. Man, it was like a soccer score. (laughs) Meanwhile, we're like listening to baseball games on the transistor radio while all this uh, knowledge is trying to be imparted to us. And uh, clearly it turned out to be a complete waste of time. In fact, I I don't know. I become an advocate of the thought that uh, there should be no school. Never mind all this crazy stuff that's going on with. LGBT, uh, you know, and uh, the don't say gay, all, all of these laws that are being passed, you just eliminate school altogether. Wouldn't that be the way to go? No. I thought about this the other day. I don't know how many people are going to be going to college, going to the future, especially for certain careers, but school is necessary. Believe me, a lot of people don't know things. So school is necessary. It's just the way they do school could be made more practical. I That I agree with. We just went through uh, four different mathematical disciplines, and they're all completely useless. <laughs> yeah, that's completely later. useless to, to 99% of the people that actually had to endure the hours and hours of arduous labor and work and the wasted loose-leaf paper. <laughs> and, you know, the uh, assertions by your parents that uh, you weren't exactly concentrating on your schoolwork. Otherwise, that red number uh, wouldn't have had to been gone over with blue ink. And how, how did that five turn into an eight? <laughs> God, See, I don't even think you can fudge report cards anymore, which uh, takes a lot of the probably fun out of online. education. I mean, you can hack it. it. Probably, you can probably hack it. These kids are great at doing it. These kids are oh, yeah. better at cheating than we are. They're not worse. Like These kids take cheating to like new heights. They have phones, and they can have alarm. I mean, and then the watches, and I don't even want to know how to be a teacher to try and stop cheating. They're not cheating less now. They're cheating more. That's 100%. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I respect that. <laughs> I know you do. That's why I said it. <laughs> I think I'm going to start a new campaign to just eliminate education altogether, or school as it is. Educate yourself. Just go out there, there and educate you yourself. That's what everyone's Go out there do. and live a life and see what it's all about. <laughs> battle the elements. Battle all the uh, cruel things that can happen to you. And, uh, you know, hope that you end up on a pretty good little magic carpet ride. Uh, you know, maybe, as the song goes, uh, the great Tommy Castro, uh, Oakland uh, Bay Area uh, blues rocker. I may be broke. But I'm not broken. Exactly. And that's the way we're going to approach things on this Degenerate Friday. All right. So uh, we have Tiger out there uh, writing a hell of a story. Major League Baseball opened up. I did want to uh, allude to this, though, because uh, right away, and, and I'm not sure what the source of this is anymore, because uh, I, I believe that DraftKings bought out the Las Vegas Sports uh, Information Network, right? Uh, the uh, thing that Musburger was doing. And we often alluded to the fact that uh, Musburger had a Bury America campaign going because his handicappers were ice cold. Yep. Like the worst I've ever, I mean, the best at analysis and the worst at picking. They must have zero gut instinct. Zero. (laughs) It wasn't like Earl Weaver was predicting who was going to win these baseball (laughs) games for it. All right. 
This guy has like uh, like four paragraphs here. No, more than that. Uh, like, like uh, you know, a fairly significant column. And he comes up with the idea that the uh, Cubs will lose to the Brewers on opening day. And, and then uh, a guy that I like, because at least he has the uh, approach that, hey, I'm probably dead wrong about this. A guy named Stitches handicaps baseball in the uh, New York Post. And uh, he also what was all over the fact that the Brewers would cremate the Chicago Cubs on opening day. So, uh, of course, the Cubs won the ball game. So <laughs> That's my favorite. That's the problem. With the analysis is brilliant here. And then on top yeah. of that, he's telling you to lay 175 with the Brewers in this ball game, and you get crushed like the proverbial grape, my friend. Crushed on opening day. So uh, they're off to a flying start there, uh, 0-1 and they're handicapping in the Major League Baseball thing. There was a system out there, and you couldn't start it till at least the third game of the season. But you have to do it all year long, Libby, and I'm not sure that it's applicable anymore. Do you believe there's two gambling theories that uh, you know are, are almost cliched, but uh, at the same time, I would imagine few people actually endeavor and do this, and, and they may have made a profit if they had. One is bet against the defending Super Bowl champion in every game the year after the Super Bowl, because there's always going to be an inflated yeah, spread, spread, correct? Yep. yep, yep, yep. The Rams are going to be laying, uh, you oh, know, a, at least, uh, what, a point maybe well, in every game more Bobby, than they should be. These one got Bobby Wagner, and they're going to go insane. All right, and, and uh, the professor who's going to join us here in just a couple of seconds here, and uh, we'll have another spectacular edition, no doubt, of the big board, and uh, maybe some Australian rules football. Uh, the street theory in baseball, and, and uh, that is that, that from opening – day on which obviously they have to play three games yeah, for this to be series, uh, yeah. applicable yeah. but uh, that uh, from anytime a team either wins three games in a row or loses three games in a row right amount. you bet on that team every game every subsequent game to yep. that uh, three mark wins or losses yep. every game after that you bet them to do the same thing until they reverse the streak yeah. all right and, and what happens in baseball teams go on uh, nine game yeah, winning streaks yep. 11 game losing streaks yep uh, very seldom, uh, you know, I mean, uh, obviously there, there are going to be occasions where you, you get boned in the very first game, right? Where they win three in a row and then they lose that fourth game of the series. But uh, Ken says, uh, and uh, the professor says that uh, th this system is still viable, but you would have to start like right now thinking about it. Yeah. And do it with every team that gets into That's that situation. That's the problem is year over year yeah. it's not consistent because you don't do that. You'll do the right. streak, and then you forget about it, and then you try and catch a streak, right. and you forget about it. It's like what Ken says with his picks. Like, if you follow all of his picks, you're going to make money. Probably people don't do that. People pick this pick or that pick, and if that happens to be the wrong pick, now you're like bitching me. about yeah. it. Well, you – no, no. You add in other picks and parlay and totally lose on purpose for some fucking reason. <laughs> but – if you pick the wrong picks, he never he doesn't go 100%. Let's say he goes 65. Well, if you pick the 35% that lose, Well, and that's, that's what you're trying fault. to do as a gambler. Yeah. yeah. Above 60% exactly. is going to make you a winner. If um, These are two words that I have trouble saying. Money management. <laughs> See, that has to factor into the equation <laughs> yeah, if we're going to have any success to. doing this. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> none of us really want to pay any regard to that. All right, Dave, my idea of money management is uh, making sure there's enough money in the ATM machine. Yeah, to manage. So that I can pay the added fee and still get the maximum amount out. All right, because uh, at a casino, they're going to whack you for like... Then that, that's like offensive, too, when they decline your request for money in the ATM machine. Because you've asked for the maximum. Like in my case, it's 500 So you're trying to get 500 out of the machine. But uh, the fee is five ninety nine, and And, uh, you know, my bank wouldn't approve more than like 505 mm -hmm. 
So now you have to knock it down to 480, <laughs> which is an odd amount of money to take out of an ATM machine. And then you still get whacked for the 599. So yes. you're already a loser. Yes. All right, uh, we're coming back with the Professor Hylia Park. Wow, had a good time yesterday. What, that, that card sounds very exciting, doesn't it? May 7th, right? Uh, Luby, Henry Revolta was yeah, saying, yeah, and how about man. this, man? Leave it to Frank Fiore, man. You you talk about a guy. This guy is the Henry Kissinger of uh, the local sports marketing scene. Yeah, he really is because uh, he can take factions that normally. Now, I, I don't think there was ever, you know, anything but cooperation between some of the local promoters here, especially you get class guys like Leon Margulies and Louis DeCubis and Henry Revolta, who you guys met yesterday here on the show. And, you know, these are very credible boxing promoters that have been here and and they've had tremendous influence uh, with uh, the Cuban fighters that have come over. Uh, Louis, especially. I mean, he he sort of uh, started that whole movement and, you know, it was very much responsible for the careers of a lot of great Cuban fighters, including uh, Joel Casamayor. And then his son is now involved in managing boxers and they're having a great time. But uh, it was great having uh, Henry on and leave it to Frank Fiore to bring all these factions together to create the most excitement for the fans. If Frank Fiore was running baseball, they wouldn't be having a problem they're having with uh, this man-for-man character, right? Probably not. Where, you know, they can't figure out what to do and everything they say and do is in conflict. Like, yeah, we're all about the fans. But then, you know, they stash like 21 Yankee games on some uh, (laughs) streaming service that that you couldn't find with a search warrant, all right? Isn't that frustrating, too, when you can't find a game? It's bad enough when you can't find, like, the channel for an NBA game. What do you mean? Yesterday, the Masters was the most... When did people anticipate the opening of the Masters and you had to wait till fucking 3 p.m.? Like, who has ESPN Plus? I do because Hulu Live made me, like, literally said, okay, we're making you do uh, Disney Plus, uh, ESPN Plus, and then some other schminky thing. We're making you do it. I was like, fine, for $5, I'm not going to fight. Who else yeah. has it though? Who has ESPN Plus? Like, I, that's I don't, the stupidest yeah. thing. I would not be inclined to subscribe to it, even no. though there are occasional things uh, I probably would watch. And I, I doubt that I will ever ante up money again for any form of pay per view. No, no. I, including if the Super Bowl ever goes that route. Yeah. Which uh, do you not think that that's an inevitability <laughs> that the Super Bowl will be pay per view at some point in time? They're trying to get on a stream, and I suppose they're entitled, but. Uh, well, no, they, they make so much money, though, because, uh, you know, the billions of people that are watching this thing that, I mean, at, at $5 million for a 30-second commercial, half yeah, of which okay. you have no idea what the product or service is, right? Those McConaughey commercials, what kind of car is that that, that he's it's uh, Lincoln, advocating that you buy for 60000 That That he, he parks in the middle of the woods somewhere and just gets out and starts <laughs> talking to the wolves. <laughs> What's in the air conditioning system of that car that makes you mishuganate? Yeah, he's just... <laughs> How is that selling cars, though? I mean, that, does that make you think, wow, McConaughey just got out of a car in the middle of the woods there, and all of a sudden he's acting like a crazy man? I, I think I'll buy one of those. <laughs> the people on Madison Avenue, man, are stealing money, aren't they? Madison I mean, Avenue some anymore. Now it's everywhere. There are effective ads, but uh, my word. They should have Amy putting together the ads. Uh, you know, they, at least they you know, would have uh, like immediate impact, right? You see Jimmy Johnson's big chill. You know exactly what you're uh, thinking. You're thinking, I want to get down there. So that, that's the way to go. But, uh, yeah, $5 million a pop for the Super Bowl. I, I don't know. Does it have to go pay-per-view? I don't think I so. don't know. I just know that yesterday there was a dumbass move. Well, and, the, and the fact that the tournament was rarely ever on CBS. Like, why would you have it on TBS, TNT, the, the championship game? Like, what do you have on CBS on a Monday that's so big that you can't have the tournament title game? Like, that was, like, I don't understand what's going on with it. 
What is it? Blue Bloods, Tom Selleck show? Uh, yeah, exactly. Which has lost all credibility since you've been doing those reverse mortgage ads. I mean, uh, uh, did you sell your soul to the devil, Tommy? <laughs> oh, of course. Huh? What happened there? Well, we haven't even stooped to that yet. Huh? I mean, uh, it's uh, no matter what. I mean, certain, uh, you know, there are certain barometers that uh, even we, with zero class whatsoever, refuse to dip below. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, exactly. Although we're not afraid to dive in with the professor here. So uh, he's coming up next. Uh, Hylia Park, though. Great place to go. Yeah, you're going to love it. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. The champion simulcasting room, my favorite uh, simulcasting room anywhere on the planet. I I love it. I love going down there. Uh, the poker room is great. If you're a poker player, I'm not really a big poker player. In fact, I never play except uh, in a couple of these celebrity charity events, right, where uh, I was invited to uh, participate. Jeff Conine has a nice tournament. Uh, he does, and they had a couple at Hylia Park, and I was in it, and actually, it's a lot of fun, right? Because you've been watching Sammy Faha and the boys going all the way back to when Gabe Kaplan was calling poker on uh, ESPN. Imagine that. I mean, how small time. Remember Kaplan? He had uh, Gabe Kaplan, I'm talking about. I know comedian. of him. And, I, I don't remember him doing poker. He had like a stick mic hanging from like a coat hanger that he was wearing around his neck. This was the uh, equipment that they had dedicated to this particular broadcast because uh, it was a worthless uh, denomination to uh, ESPN. And, and then it exploded, right? And now every place has to have a poker room and everybody's a player and they're all wearing the disguises and everything. It's kind of cool. And, and one of the best anywhere in the country is right there at Hylia Park as well. So they have the champions, the poker room. The casino is dynamite, a dazzling casino. Uh, people are winning jackpots all the time. And uh, El Boxeo coming back. Leave it to Frankie, man. Frank Fiore to put together yet another blockbuster. And, uh, you know, the excitement in January was resonating all around the boxing universe and, and right back to Hialeah Park for another one. So we'll keep you posted on all the details on that. Although, uh, Henry, when he was on the show, how many boxers did he name? He named like 100 guys. He named that like gonna at be least 25 or 30. <laughs> Kept coming up with more. It was great. All right. Uh, highly apart. Make sure you make your plans to be there. They're open uh, tonight till 5 a.m. And, uh, you know, adds into tomorrow morning and the same thing on Saturday. So uh, you really get to enjoy yourself and knock yourself out almost 24 hours a day at Highly Apart. Professor coming up next here on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, Mike Mayo, the Gambling Gourmet later on. And we'll be back with more on Ion Channel in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 7.51. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Catholic Health Services is committed to care that changes as your needs do. Our full continuum of services is designed to be there throughout your care journey. If you need assistance with daily living, post-acute care following a serious health event, or additional medical care at home, we also offer skilled nursing and palliative and hospice care. Your care needs may change, but our commitment never does. Catholic Health Services, South Florida's number one choice for post-acute and End of life care. Visit CatholicHealthServices.org. How many gamblers 
did I bail out last weekend with my game of the year. A $100 better made $10,000. A $500 better made $50,000. Well, I had six games on Sunday that I'm releasing absolutely free. These games are a burial, a blowout, a human lock. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. We now return to the Defoe Show. That's a serious uh, commitment to an opinion there when you bet your children's unborn children's (laughs) children on these games. Uh, Welcome back to the show, the Defoe Show, Degenerate Friday, and a big uh, spotlight on every Degenerate Friday now uh, hovers right above the uh, professor who's been knocking it out of the park with the professor's big board become one of the most popular segments on any streaming service anywhere in the United States of America. And uh, especially popular, according to uh, Andy in Ghana, where we have more listeners than any other and viewers than any other streaming service. Uh, professor, how are you today? Good to have you on the program. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. So uh, you, you acknowledge uh, that this uh, it's a grind out factor, huh? That uh, bet the street theory in Major League Baseball. You say that that's proven to be a winner. Yeah, it wins. I think it's one every year since they've tracked it, except one in the one year it lost. It only lost something like eight units for the season. Uh, the bad news is, as you said, it's grind. You got to do it every day, and it doesn't win big. It, I think the average takes something like 15 to 20 units for the year. So it's it's high action, high volume, low profit, but it is phenomenally consistent. If those units are big enough. It becomes far more uh, fun, right? Uh, I mean, uh, just depends. I mean, not, I mean, how big is your yeah. unit? I mean, uh, that, that's always the how magic big question. Your unit? Right? <laughs> how big is your unit? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Talk to Randy. Yeah, if, if your unit's exactly. 10 grand, though, I mean, uh, then you're, you're winning 150000 for the baseball season on a mindless bet that. I mean, know. if you. Plus, the other thing is, remember, there are times during the season where you'll be betting eight, nine games a, a day with that. Yes. So if you got uh, a bankroll to lay out. 10 dimes per spot, you know, God bless you, but you're probably not going to want to go through the hassle of uh, laying out, you know, 90 grand a day to uh, end up winning, you know, 100, 115 at the end of the year. But I mean, that's uh, great. If you're an action guy. If it only lost hey, one it's a great. Yeah. Again, it's a great system, but expect to win. Don't expect to win a lot. All right, what about the uh, bet against the defending it goes Super back, Bowl? Honestly, yeah. it goes back to the like the casino you're talking about. Yes. Yes. The pass line on the craps table is the best uh, edge-free house odds. But, again, it's a grind. You're going to be sitting there for 100 rolls, 200 rolls to win, you know, a few units. It's the same with blackjack, which, again, if you know what you're doing, is actually the true because you can neutralize the house edge. But it's like having a job. Like, you're going to be playing – for hours and hours and hours for I think the expected return on that's something like uh, two units an hour, something like that. That's that's yeah, who cares? that's that's work. That's like you're being employed. Yeah, who wants that? <laughs> well, you got a lot of freebies because uh, you're sitting for a long time at the table, uh, although, uh, you know, it depends how much. Yeah, but it's like everything else in a casino. They're not giving you that booze to improve your judgment. Yeah, they're not giving you that booze because they're generous. They're giving that booze the because you. <laughs> they're hoping you're going to get five or six in and start making some bad decisions. 
It doesn't take me that many uh, drinks say, to make bad have decisions. Have <laughs> I mean, it starts right away with a cup of coffee in the morning in a racing form. Uh, all right, the uh, professor with us here on the uh, Defo show. Uh, and, and what about the uh, other theory, uh, the bet against the defending Super Bowl champion? Are you an advocate of that? Uh, I, I don't game? know the numbers on it, but I know it's pretty solid. Um, yeah. I, I, off the top of my head, I don't remember the numbers. You know, if, uh, you know, you want to go with a system like that, have fun. It's not my personal cup of tea. No, but just two things out there uh, for the, uh, you know, incoming degenerate as, uh, you know, we're going degeneracy 101. If you want to introduce Here are a couple of simple ways to approach it. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, it, it would be it's like. It's not exciting enough for me. I, I could never do it because, uh, you know, like Luby said, you do it the first week and then you skip a week and now. Now you're screwed. Essentially, you're screwed. Yeah. It would honestly be like uh, going to the horse track and doing like a show bet parlay. Where you know you start with ten or twenty bucks yeah. and you bid it on a horse to show and you try to parlay the wins. He pays two twenty and you parlay that. Yeah, I mean it can it can be fun. It's action, but it's kind of a grind. So to me, yeah, it, I guess it depends how advanced your degeneracy is. It's, it's <laughs> well, how about very? You know, it's, like, it's, it's like anything yeah, else. Hello. Check like all the boxes. Else. You build up a certain level of tolerance, and you know that that one drink at the bar isn't as much fun as it used to be. That uh, yeah. one needle full of heroin doesn't really get you that place. It used <laughs> Second to. line of blow, yeah. No, it's yeah. Good. <laughs> all right. You go out there and you know bet fifty bucks to show, but you know that that two forty returns just not pumping the old endorphins like it used to. Although I did see a couple of guys, and I was witness to this uh, over the course of a race meet at Tampa Bay Downs. Uh, the track announcer there was a guy named Richard Grunder, and uh, the uh, head valet Parker was also uh, a close friend of uh, Richard Grunder and became a friend of mine, although his name escapes me now because this is like uh, 35, uh, maybe uh, 40 years ago. But uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, they they had a show parlay going that they started themselves at the beginning of the season, and, and it was still alive like to the final day. So the money okay, had that's become an substantial. Streak. Yes. I, I probably would have taken some cash off the table at that point. Like, I I think you if hedge you out at that last, point. Yeah, I mean the entire season you got to like take half your profits off the table and shoot shoot late the the rest. I mean you you got to take a profit at some point. And and I question honestly after earlier in the show taking advice from your friends because I loved Eddie Kaplan. Eddie Kaplan was one of my favorite shows, but the guy was betting like $80 into a $95 pool to Quinella double at Miami <laughs> Highlight on a Monday night. <laughs> Sitting there, he had 17 permutations, 16 of which were a consolation to get his own money plus minus the breakage back because he just could not get away from that Quinella double, no matter how much of the pool he owned. He loved it, uh, but I, I know him to be a very shrewd better on the horses. And okay. uh, uh, Mike Mayo uh, also uh, proliferates a uh, theory uh, that, uh, you know, Eddie Kay had, which is, and he got it from Eddie Kay, and that is uh, the best uh, thing you can do in horse racing is bet a little to win a lot. 100%. And so he, he was uh, all in on these uh, pick fours and pick fives, and uh, and he could sit like you very patiently and not have action on something. Although you have a lot of action, uh, but but he if he only liked one game on the card, that was it. Uh, he was very much like you in that respect, and he, he played the horses very patiently. He, he wasn't inclined. He, he he couldn't believe that I was hopping up to uh, the window as often as I was to go screen to screen. <laughs> I thought I was a stick person for doing it. Unfortunately for him, his his late night shows were very often a Miami highlight, and I ran in this myself in the late stages of of 
when highlight was still highlight, the pools got so small yes. that if you were looking to put, I don't know, more than $10 into anything, you owned way too yes. big a percentage of, of any pool. Um, Penella went down so, to like six to five. Yeah, there, was, there, was, yeah. there was not a good bet really to be made. And it's unfortunate because I, to this day, absolutely love the sport. I did too. I, I got to say, I watched uh, some highlights the other day and man, the people who thought the strike players were bad, these guys from other sports that they're bringing in to learn highlight, like there's some bad highlight out there. Well, they're not highlight players. I know. Uh, but they, they've point. gotten way better. I, I will say that because uh, I, I attended the opening and the christening of uh, what is that uh, Magic City Casino? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And and actually now they brought some of the players. I I I think Dania Highlight here in South Florida re- reopened in some capacity, and okay. maybe those players went back. But some of their uh, pro players were going to go and play at uh, Magic City. But when they had uh, and Billy Corbin, the great Billy Corbin, was he making a documentary yes, the about this whole concept of uh, you know the hurricane. Football players now playing high lane. None of them could play a lick at all. <laughs> oh, it was worse than that. I mean, literally, because I, I played in a couple of high line media games. It, it's not it's not an easy game to adapt to, even if you're decent at other sports. Because... I, yeah, I don't think that actual athleticism helps because, nah, like, nah. you remember the great Assis. Uh, yes. Wasn't he and overweight? Assis was like five foot eight and 260 pounds. <laughs> yes. And moved like a guy who was five foot eight and 260 pounds. He, he was not an athlete, but he had the skill. He could fire in a rock. I mean, he, he really could. And, and he made some sensational uh, defensive plays also, which all of these guys did. And uh, that was, I mean, it was like uh, you were watching a great shortstop sometimes, uh, you know, playing, uh, uh, you know, his eyeballs out. A, uh, a great shortstop who really loved the buffet. Well, in Aziz's case, you know what happened with Aziz, though? Aziz is still no. involved in sports, the great Aziz. He is a, a top-notch masseuse, and he is like the you know the main go-to guy for a lot of athletes in town, including many members no of the Miami Marlins. Yeah, I did he not became know a that. masseuse, yeah, because he had the good hands. That, that, was that honestly sounds like some bullshit Gurgles made up for <laughs> I was going to say. No, that sounds like a true false. I, I, I've asked if, that as a true yeah, false. If Gurgles dropped that as true false, I'm definitely going false. False all day. False, right, but it happens to be true. <laughs> And and you would be alarmed, you know, I mean, knocked uh, out of your chair when you realize, wow, wow, that was true. Are you kidding me? Um, all right. Um, is Australian rules football, what, what, are you going to handicap anything for us today before we get to the big board, uh, Professor? Sure, we could do that. There's a few right. things we like. Uh, right. First of all, in the golf, let's hope uh, Dustin Johnson completely collapses and goes uh, tits up. Not, not for, not, not, for our sake. Of our not for our oh, sake. Not for our sake. We need him. He doesn't ruin you. No, in the pool, yeah. DJ, no. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, Masters action. Uh, is that because he's a fan of Ben Affleck? I mean, no, what was the reason for not like a Dustin Johnson? It's because I just didn't play him, and honestly, he's the guy who scares me. Like, I'm not worried about Sanjay M going low three rounds yeah. in a row, but Dustin Johnson can court a bully the course there. So yes. he, he scares me a little bit. He's, of course, always susceptible to a mental collapse. Yeah. So, so that was you I heard screaming uh, from 14 miles away uh, when uh, he bogeyed 17? And all of a sudden, the house started. Yeah, that was him. when that was when Camp Smith went double bogey on eighteen because I was afraid <laughs> he was going to run away with the tournament before anybody else even got out on the course. Him with his, I don't know what they. Is, Australia went full white trash with that mullet and that that <laughs> white trash mustache he's got going there. You know, he looks like he should be playing Tortuga this week. Not, he doesn't look at all like 
Why, why don't like, we feel like we're, we're getting towards the big board material here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah. possibly were, but let's go over a little Aussie rules football. Let's get some games, I got yeah. A, quite a few. A resurgent Richmond, who uh, had a down year last year after three titles in a row, looking a little bit better, uh, playing the Bulldogs at home. The Bulldogs are actually off after a very high form last year. Richmond, I'm not sure why they're getting an 11 and a half at home, but I'll take that all day long. So let's start with that. Richmond plus 11 and a half at home against Western Bulldogs. Uh then two teams that got off to a little bit of a slow start, the GWS Giants and Fremantle. Fremantle laying five and a half. They are at home, but we'll take the Giants plus the five and a half. They're a much better squad. They were in contention all the way till the end last year. Started off a little slow this year, but we're looking for them to turn it around. So GW, the great Western Sydney Giants, plus five and a half. And then finally, uh, a matchup of a team that's always high offense, low defense in St. Kilda. They've been the same team for three or four years. And a Hawthorne team that's off to a surprising start this year, but I don't think really has made it that much. Uh, so we'll take St. Kilda plus the two and a half there in what figures to be a shootout. Um, and it, when it's going to be high scoring, which both teams have been this year, I have to take St. Kilda every time because that is their style. They are 100% throttle and 0% defense. Now, now, can you watch these games anywhere, Professor? Or are you able to uh, like view these in the games? Morning. Watch AFL.com. What is it? Watch AFL.com. Now, it's like three in the morning. You got to watch it three in the morning. Start at the, either the 2.20 a.m. or the 5.10 a.m. slot. Perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You know. so you're coming <laughs> you down your, from your basketball. Your da, 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 da. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you have to find a way to stay down. up. Uh, that's for sure. But I mean, gambling and degeneracy can uh, fuel your desire to just, uh, you know, stay Bender. with it as long as you can. No, right, I, I need to ask yeah. before we get to the big board, how did uh, AC go? Oh, yeah. So, you didn't, we didn't uh, surprisingly well, uh, although, you know, it wasn't uh, did quite Did you win as, the 50 uh, grand? It wasn't a thing. You get no, peace? no, we got no piece of that. And that turned out to be a bit fugazi also because what a it, shock. Was, it was a scam. <laughs> well, it was scam? several drawings. It wasn't a scam, uh, so to speak. I mean, it would have been fine. Like, uh, you know, they, they had several drawings every half hour for about three okay. and a half hours. So there were ten thousand dollars drawings for fifty bucks a piece yep. or something along those uh, lines. No, it was significant. Like the low denomination was like seven fifty, but that was in free play. Okay. Oh. No. <laughs> but I mean, uh, under gambling. any circumstance, if somebody said, "Hey, here's seven and a half sticks," uh, you know, go ahead and try to machine. Yeah, you'll take it. I mean, I mean I'm not it. saying I wouldn't take the free play, but when you have gotten on a plane to win fifty grand, bought yeah. all your meals, <laughs> and someone's but, like, "But we didn't have to buy anything." Free play. You're like, "What the hell?" Here's like the beauty I of it. came here for the 50. And, and this tells you all you need to know about. And this is why he goes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Mustang, and I told this story when I got back, uh, the minute she stuck her player's card in the machine, like, like it was not even 10 minutes later, uh, a host came up to her to introduce himself and say, uh, listen, Sally DeForest, carte blanche, whatever you need. You guys need a limo ride she somewhere? Has a host. You got it. She's a host. Uh, here's a here's a comp at Gordon Ramsay Steakhouse, or if you want to go to any of our other fine restaurant establishments, uh, feel free to go there. So I'm uh, assuming you took advantage of this. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. We we creamed these guys. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this was on top of the free rooms, which they gladly accommodated at the last second for the Mustang, including several upgrades, to the point where I mean they they stopped just short of uh, sending a private jet for the Mustang <laughs> to come back with her ten thousand. <laughs> But she hit him right away she for like another to. three thousand, so that was great. Okay, so and, the Mustang's uh, on a roll. Nah. Uh, well, no, she's on a Kaiser roll now with the <laughs> pickles and mayonnaise because uh, you know the next uh, day it wasn't so favorable. Oh, but, okay. But she had bailed us out for the trip, including me getting clobbered in the race book. So Very uh, nice. I would have to characterize it as uh, came back with a few more dollars than we left with. 
So that that was good. Uh, hell, they, you know, they, there you go. And, and, and had you a got the clobber Gordon Ramsay. So had a blast. I mean, I absolutely, I've fallen in love. I, I've re-fallen in love with uh, Atlantic City, uh, New Jersey. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing. You no, know, that's a horrible thing. I know. Thing. It's that's a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be better off if I fell in love with Newark. Honestly, can't you, uh, you know, get Mustang to, to hit some big slots at some better locales? Yeah, like, you know, exactly. Can't you like, go to Morocco and hit a slot, big, big slot? Monte Carlo would be yeah, exactly. maybe. Monte Carlo. There you yeah. go. I'll play some Baccarat. And, uh, you know, she'll, uh, is it all Asians at the table in Monte Carlo also, or is that just no? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's how. By the way, I heard you mention that's how you know the James Bond movies were completely full of crap. Yeah, it's all bold, every time yeah. you went to a Baccarat table, no Chinese people to be. Yeah, no, all white guys, man. They, you know, all very sophisticated, well dressed ladies. Eastern European yeah. arms dealer and his supermodel companion. <laughs> And not some five foot two guy who owned three Chinese restaurants, right? And just <laughs> happens to be setting it in like monkey at the cards. That that <laughs> there's no baccarat table in the world where there's not a short Chinese restaurant owner screaming at the dealer. Sending it in, too. I mean, with both fists. I mean, they must be robbing people blind on the chicken chow mein because uh, <laughs> I don't they have like 2,000 a hand, I bet. You know, you're sitting there going, my, my net worth is on this guy's uh, table. You know, I mean, unbelievable. All right, let's get to the big board. I, I don't know what you're going to do, do uh, Professor, but um, it, it's time to roll the camera. And uh, rolling around here, the big board uh, this week with the Professor on a Degenerate Friday. I think Friday. this week is uh, kind of predictable, Defoe, okay. uh, because we, of course, have the big event going on. Right. Um, that excites old white people like no other event yes. uh, in the history of it. And that, is, of course, is up in Augusta, Georgia. And there we go. This I think week's we got that backwards. Board. All right. You make it not backwards. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. We got uh, a little reverse there. Uh, Let's see if we can read it backwards. The big board of. Turn the camera like this. There you go. You know, a no, production on the fly. A mirror yeah. image there, and I don't know yeah. what's big going board. on with that. A tradition it's, uh, it's the big board of a tradition die. that needs to die. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's very appropriate. I, I hope the uh, pictures don't come out backwards also. That that could be uh, problematic uh, for the viewers. Let's see what's going on. I think the writing's going to be backwards, and we're going to have to figure we're, that we're out. We're number one with dyslexic people, though. Number one, dyslexics. Uh, I mean, Jack just sent me the numbers. But pictures are pictures. And uh, let's start off with our introduction here, and that's to tell Jim oh, Nance. I'm still not your friend, Jim Nance. Stop telling me, <laughs> hello, friends. We're not friends, and we're never going to be. I Obviously, we talked about Jim Nance. Human James Taylor song makes yeah. everything 3% worse. But that's not what is up with Jim Nance at the Masters. Jim Nance at the Masters has a special place, and that is uh, part of my favorite Jim Nance story. And you being very familiar with CBS people, you may not already know this. And that is Jim Nance and his <laughs> – he has self-described this. The first time I heard this, I thought this was bullshit. But he has said this story himself in an interview with, uh, with uh, Golf Digest. Jim Nance carries around a laminated picture of burnt toast with him because he likes breakfast so much and he likes his toast burnt. And he felt people who worked in diners and such were wasting his time by not burning his toast enough. So now he carries around a picture of burnt toast so to <laughs> yeah, harass the waitress <laughs> To show him about what level of burnt toast he wants his toast to be burned to. And I can't think of any better uh, analogy. Is for that true or false? Is that another no, I, I heard him talk about it on Dan Patrick. I heard him talk about it. He oh, does he did? Oh, wow. He's like weird about toast I can't think and he wants to shit. 
better analogy for the Masters than a grumpy old white man yelling at some poor diner waitress about the burntness of his goddamn toes. That, if that doesn't sum up Augusta, Georgia, and the Masters in one story, I don't know what does. So that's yeah. our perfect introduction to Augusta, Georgia, and the Augusta National Golf Club. And that brings us to number five. Old Number five balls. thing with the Masters, <laughs> old white balls. <laughs> I don't know about you, Defoe, but what I think of a good time, a go time to have recreation, I don't think of a sausage fest full of 75-year-old dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading Golf Digest. I'm reading a breakdown of what it's be like to be inside of the Masters. They say the one tradition nobody questions, it's very frowned upon, to have the lights on after midnight. And that, in fact, for the New Year's Eve party, they do the countdown at 1030. They go on to say that while the Masters has fine dining, uh, it's very popular options like finger sandwiches with egg salad and drinks like Brandy Alexander's. So we've got Brandy Alexander's finger sandwiches and a finger egg salad sandwiches, rather, and bedtime at 1030. All you have to do is add in a pot of Senka and a dish of York peppermint patties and being a member at Augusta is like being a member of my grandmother's living room in 1979. <laughs> and on top of it, they go on to say the tradition of late nights does sometimes get broken when the chairman are playing games of bridge or gin rummy. Then <laughs> bridge or gin rummy. Pinochle and canasta were too yeah, a little bit like, for me in the right age range. Mahjong. Yeah, anybody under 60 have ever played those games? Like you can talk about two old people games who have died. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I give me a blackjack table and let's shoot yeah, some Pinochle. Crap. Where do you play uh, yeah. Pinochle? <laughs> I mean, they could do anything they want there. I mean, it's not like the oh troopers are going to show up and tell, uh, you know, Hootie and the boys to no, shut no it down. Why don't they have a casino in Butler Cabin? That, that would be appropriate. Because this is their idea of fun, <laughs> eating egg salad sandwiches and drinking Brandy Alexander's with no chicks around over games of gin rummy. <laughs> no chicks around. I I, honestly, I get it. Is pretty sometimes, sad. you know, we've talked about women can uh, we can the legs women can take away from your gambling. I mean, yeah. But I don't want to dedicate an entire weekend to have no chicks and nothing but old dudes around drinking Brandy Alexander's. I can't anything. I mean, that's my idea of hell. <laughs> old, old white balls. Old white balls they're heading up for the uh, non-dyslexic out there. All right, uh, that was number five. Well, let's go to four. number four. Again, it's going to be backwards. And that's old money and racism. If anything <laughs> symbolizes... Augusta National, it's the fact that there is an armed gate with a security guard who, even though he isn't a cop, dresses like Jackie Gleason in the Smokey and the Bandit movie. <laughs> so ridiculous. And you know he's just there to keep anybody who's not a 70-year-old white guy as far away from the property. You'd be questioning everybody uh, of color. I mean, sure. forget that if you have a different skin color, you can't get in. You can't get in if your father didn't make money with Bobby Jones and Coca-Cola in the 1920s. <laughs> you can't get in if your family didn't own some slaves. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> These people kept Bill Gates out for 30 years, 28 of which he was the richest man in the world. Wow. wow. They're, like, they're like, oh, we have to make sure that Microsoft money isn't going to go away before we'll let you into Augusta yeah, National. Exactly. <laughs> Tom Watson has won the damn thing like three times. He can't get in. <laughs> He's too young. 
Again, the only people He's who have ever won the tournament and been members, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas. And you know very well they questioned both of those for a couple of decades before they let them. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's not just the racism. It's not just the sex. I mean, look, 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 if you're black or Latino, you can make as much money as you want. You can combine all your money and give it to Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan still not getting it. <laughs> That's it's, true. Yeah. How come he hasn't applied, right? They it's honestly that they would turn the Kennedys down because they're a little too ethnic with the Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Hootie Johnson at one point wearing a cone-shaped yeah, exactly. sheet on his head at one of the press conferences. Does it matter? The guy's name was Hootie, and he referred to this tournament for like 25. And then he got really mad when women started wanting to get in. Yeah, oh, no. Oh, that, God, that upset that him greatly. I mean, Martha Burke still to this day is screaming somewhere in a Russian prison. I mean, uh, <laughs> they made sure they got rid of her. She's with Navalny, you know, a screaming anti-Putin material. Oh, All right, that uh, that, that's number four. Uh, number three on a big board. And, number three uh, is, is one of the signatures of the Masters, and it's something I don't really hate. But it's something I don't really understand. And that is, why are we making such a big deal out of goddamn pimento cheese sandwiches? <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll have okay. to ask Mayo. And I happen to like pimento cheese. I think it's a little bit better as a crudite. Yeah, I like it in some grits. But if you're going to be in the middle of Georgia, where it's hot as hell in April, where it's like 95 degrees outside in the shade, and you're walking this golf course that's full of hills up and down, do you really want to eat something that's like 95% a combination of cheese and mayonnaise? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't really, are you trying to make people sick to their stomach? Is there a vomitorium somewhere that I don't know about? It's a trough. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get how this becomes the number one thing that people are into when it comes to this cause. I got to go to, this is honestly a sign in your life because uh, you'll go out this weekend and all these sort of bitter old white guys who don't ever have fun will be out of the bars enjoying the Masters and saying stuff like, you know, it's on my bucket list to go to Augusta for the National, Augusta National for the Masters and walk the course and have a pimento cheese sandwich. When you have <laughs> thoughts like that about how it might be a good idea to spend $10,000 to go to Augusta for the Masters and walk the course – that's a sign that the good times in your life are over. That's a sign no, no, I mean, that you have reached please. the age where it's all what erectile dysfunction drug is going to work best for me. And various methods of how to replace yards. your hair. Yeah. Exactly. Whether your yard looks good or the neighbor's yard. That goddamn neighbor is ruining the neighborhood with his yard. Have you seen his yard? Are you ever going to cut his yard? I think that's the reason they like the masters so much is because you're there having vaguely sexual fantasies about all the grass and flowers. It well, like, honey, particularly appetizing, yeah. Honey, the Masters is on. Give me a pimento cheese sandwich and my Cialis. <laughs> you know, Let's go for a little roll in the hay, man. Oh you God. know I'm going out, dear. Why do you want me to bring my Cialis? Because they're showing the grass and flowers. Oh, God. Look at the dogwood. Oh, the magnolias. Oh, oh my god basically when you reach that point in your life when you're that into the masters and you'll see a lot of them out about town this year just give up stay home <laughs> it, it, nothing good's going to happen for you anymore uh, and this are commenting, one, uh, they're saying that uh, this segment has gone off the edge where where, where it started of course so uh, we're up to number two that was three. Oh, and you're, you're going to rip our guy Gary Player are you kidding me <laughs> 
maybe this is generational because I grew up when if you saw a South African accent in the movies, you know you just met the bad guy. Yeah. Like Lethal Weapon 2. The guy's like, I have all the Krugerrands and diplomatic immunity. So Miles Gibson shoots him in the face because that's what you're <laughs> supposed to do with South Africans. Oh, Jesus, Ken. Holy Jerry Cotsia. All right. Every what, year, yeah. starting with Jerry Player back in the 50s and 60s, <laughs> up through Ernie Els and Nick Price, and now guys like Charles Swartzel. Man, there's a lot of Americans who get excited about white South Africans all of a sudden. And I don't think it's because we have that much in common with white South Africans, other than maybe opinions about people of certain skin color. Because you meet South Africans, we're not really into the same sports. Golf is like number six with with South Africans. It goes rugby and then legless sprinting and then soccer (laughs) and then like bird hunting and then golf. Yeah. So we don't really share a lot in common with these people. They got kind of that weird accent to go along. Really, it's pretty much just gold coins and racist opinions. <laughs> and somehow every year at the Masters, a real passion for South Africans break out. And I can only guess why a certain group of Americans are that much in to these South African players. Honestly. <laughs> Player's a good guy, though, man. We, we, we okay, had a chance player. to meet him, and he, he couldn't be any classier. So, we recuse ourselves from any of the uh, negativity uh, reflected. He only uh, kept on black Gary people Blair. from getting the vote for 30 years, yeah, as opposed to generation after generation. He wasn't in office for apartheid there. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, that's number no, two. I don't remember uh, him ever saying much <laughs> against it, though. No, no, but he wasn't doing it. You know, he's playing golf. I mean, it's uh, like John Rocker making comments. So who cares? I honestly, I know. Honestly, I think it's just the accent because as the great Jim Jeffries says, the South African accent is very easy to do and to imagine, which is you just have to picture an Australian accent and a guy with an Australian accent kicking a black guy while he's on the ground and you have this out there. Let's move on. That was two. What's number one? What's number one? And our number one thing, Butler Cabin, Ike Pond, (laughs) Flowering Dogwood, Crab Apple Crove, like everything at this stupid course has a stupid name that I'm supposed to memorize (laughs) in order to watch this thing. That is true. You know the history of Ray's Creek? No. Why it's called Ray Creek? You think it'd be like Ray Floyd or some guy named Ray who was a member? No, it's some dude who built a creek in the 1800s to keep Indian attacks away from Savannah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, really? Not Savannah, uh, Augusta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep Indian attacks out of town. It's been around for 100 years. I'm supposed to know the name of the guy, which the creek's only like four feet long. Who the hell was that keeping out? Because certainly didn't stop Sherman and the Union Army from uh, getting to Augusta. Why the hell do I have to know all the names of these stupid cabins and creeks and holes? And, and they, they name everything. Is is there a porta potty named after Tiger Woods somewhere? Yes, probably. <laughs> they all are. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what like, you know. Sergio Garcia has like a plant somewhere. I mean, everybody who's ever done anything at Augusta National has a goddamn name somewhere on the, including a. Uh, the commissioner, Cliff, whatever his name is, who shot himself on the 16th green. And, and they didn't name the green after him. They named a little creek next to him after a pond. I would think, <laughs> you know, 
if you're the commissioner of the place for like 40 years and you kill yourself on the green, they'd name the green after you. Maybe you that's think. just me. You think, yeah. <laughs> it is true. It's like uh, you're on Sesame Street or something. But when <laughs> what is, what, I, honestly, what has Hootie gotten? Is there a water fountain somewhere that's the, the Hootie <laughs> Memorial Water Fountain? Oh, there's a burning cross uh, somewhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the beginning of Magnolia Lane. <laughs> and that default is our big horn huh? of a tradition that needs to die. Uh, you know, applause uh, from all in the audience here. A lot of uh, comments coming up on the uh, board, uh, Professor. Except outstanding. For, except for those who are rooting for South Africans who are apparently a little, little touchy about the subject. Uh, I, I need everybody to fall apart that's on the leaderboard right now. And uh, all of my guys to somehow miraculously rebound from the grave. Yes. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, you know what? I, I have uh, what? I have Spieth. You know, I love okay. Spieth after uh, he jobbed you and completely hosed you with uh, one of the bogus yeah. rulings of all time in any sport uh, when they let him the drop. Uh, remember, he was on like one of those, uh, you know, trash things. Well, they know, let him uh, wait for 45 minutes while they moved three TV towers <laughs> and a couple. Of- and then <laughs> drop in the middle of the fairway while your yeah. guy, uh, Kuchar, uh, was, uh, you know, being absolutely hosed, you know, with two penalty strokes for looking at his ball cross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I have him. I have Justin Thomas. He was disappointing uh, yesterday. Big John Rahm. Uh, you know, oh, always, he, anytime he I pick him, he falls apart. I, I picked all of the pigs in this thing. I mean, I, I really did. Uh, Paul Casey, who withdrew, so that dropped me down to DeChambeau, who was uh, DeChambeau's yesterday. So uh, that didn't work out too favorably. But uh, our man, John Kajemi, who's our golf analyst, I put in an entry for John uh, Luby and me. And uh, he has three guys in the top ten, but uh, he also is saddled with some dead weight, like I am. So, uh, but uh, at least he had three guys that combined for nine under. So that would have to be significant, right? Uh, I've got she- I've got Scheffler too, so I'm definitely uh, on that bandwagon. So yeah, we'll yeah, I'll root for Scotty Scheffler with you because. Uh, you know, I, I want to kill myself for not taking him. <laughs> That's, right? I forget what stiff I took in his place. but uh, Probably sure John Rom. Uh, yeah, I'm sure the guy's five over. Yeah, it was Rom because he would have been on that list uh, with Scheffler. That's for sure. All right, uh, Professor, thanks. Uh, great job. And uh, once again, uh, people paying homage to uh, the brilliance of the segment. Uh, we appreciate it. A, a tradition that needs to die. <laughs> The big board for today with the professor. Yeah, and we're going to have to figure out. Luby and I will get together and make sure uh, people can read it. Who yeah, it wasn't backwards. That was weird. Dyslectic or uh, Greg Luganis actually weighed in and said he thought it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's going to come slap it. me now. What are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. No, I'm a big Luganis fan. All right. Uh, thanks, Professor. Thanks, we'll uh, talk to you again next week. The professor, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Defoe Show, the Gambling Gourmet, Mike Mayo coming up. He's got the big bet, and uh, all of a sudden, he's emboldened, Luby. Have you noticed this? Emboldened, this man. Which is interesting, because the Panthers are still playing well. Like the What the Panthers did was impressive, not scary. And the fun and the thing is, Knight came in and only allowed a goal in each of those games. So even if yeah. Bobrovsky's an issue, okay, then go to Knight. Like Knight's been a monster. But you don't want to find that out in the middle of being down uh, three nothing. No, it's not the dream game, game of the playoffs. Yeah, no, no, no. And Ovechkin but... has the puck and uh, he sees this guy that all of a sudden looks like a circus clown in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sergey, wake up! I don't know. Uh, you know, be on I, mean, I don't mind shelling out. I, I just, I, I'll be so upset if we lose this bet. I, I really. Oh, anyway, he... we'll have the Gamble Gourmet gathering some support for for his insanity, and he's going to join us here in just a moment on the the Defoe Show. Uh, Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, great place to go, and uh, we have to get the Gamble Gourmet down there, man. He, he would love this place. 
You know, you know what? Uh, having hung out with Mayo now for a while, you know, he tries to pretend he's this sophisticated with, with the palate there and the pate foie gras and all of that on, uh, you know, uh, caraway seed uh, crackers, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, you know, and, and the truth is he, he just wants to eat good food, man. And uh, that's what they have at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. And uh, you can go anywhere. I mean, you can go. That that plate of nachos was, was insane. Remember that, Luby? That came out there, and you're not easily satisfied. No, you're usually no, no. looking at the thing with, uh, you know, a fish eye I going. Find there. a negative. Where, where's the meat? You know, where's the meat? <laughs> I always bitch about it. There's nothing to bitch yeah. about. Like it was a, it was a lot of food and well distributed. They, they really took care with that and everything else they do. I had heard about the Italian fisherman pizza, and uh, you know, I'm thinking, well, how, how good could this be? And then it came out. I was like, "Wait a minute, man! Uh, who offered, who ordered like the seafood platter?" And uh, you know, it was sensational. I mean, uh, the way they put this thing together—they're really very innovative. There, Jimmy John's Big Chill. All of the food is great, even if you just want like a a grilled mahi sandwich. It comes out fresh as a daisy. Absolutely fantastic. Drinks around the money, all reasonably priced. Larry Calvano, St. Thomas Aquinas guy, he's the owner. And in conjunction with Jimmy Johnson, they've just developed the best five that you will find anywhere in the Florida Keys, and it's easy to get to too. Because uh, even from here, Luby, you're talking about jogging maybe an hour and a hook. One on a hook, and we're down there. Why don't we go today for lunch, huh? I mean, we'll I take would. mayo. I would. Yeah. That place is great. All right. No, fantastic, because, uh, you know, and if you're from out of town, out of the area here, and uh, want to visit the Florida Keys, what a great place, and check out the accommodations. They are exquisite at jimmyjohnsonsbigchill.com. But uh, the food, the drink, the atmosphere, and the location, just absolutely sensational. Great place to relax. Music all day, Saturday and Sunday. I mean, they bring in all kinds of great bands. And then, uh, like, the owner himself is out there uh, playing uh, in the grand finale there as the sun is setting over the band. It's just absolutely beautiful. Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, Mile Marker 104, the overseas highway in Key Largo. Gambling Gourmet coming up next and uh, we'll try to defend his honor as uh, he believes the Panthers will be knocked out in the first round of the playoffs uh, and that their goaltending is falling apart at the seams Luby. At the seams all of a sudden uh, this guy is a human sieve. It's incredible. Uh, Back with uh, Mike Mayo in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 8.31. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. You're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Verizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-875. 
Mike Mayo, the gambling gourmet. Vegas. A lot of very expensive propositions. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know you're going to be blowing through cash, and if you actually end up hitting and, and breaking even, it's the best feeling in the world. Right? What do you consider even? I mean, how much in, in the you negative do you consider even. breaking even? <laughs> like, if you lost less than 500, do you come back and report that you broke even? Uh, let's see. For Vegas purposes, I don't like to admit defeat in gambling, even though obviously no, no gambler does. Buried my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, if you... You know, if you can get your uh, airfare on points and then have some sort of deal with uh, your comps for a room that's a little cheap, if you get out for a full Vegas trip for under a grand, that's breaking even. I, I, w- I would go with that, yeah. No, and especially if you can uh, still afford In-N-Out Burger for the plane ride back. It's, uh, it's especially good to be at the airport. I got to say, you reach a- with a lot of envy. The best way to kick off your day is with Defoe plus Luby. We now return to the Defoe Show. Welcome back to the show, uh, the Defoe Show here on Ion Channel, and you can Google the Defoe Show, get the complete archives, including uh, what has now become a stockpile of uh, brilliant uh, big board segments by the professor. I'm Jeff DeForest. He's Mike Luby Lubitz. That's the gambling gourmet, Mike Mayo, and uh, he, he has been the uh, source of much of our material this week with various guests that we've had on the program, including uh, your former uh, contemporary at the South Florida Sun Sentinel, Michael, and that was the great Dave Hyde. He weighed in. He would like to come eat on your ticket. <laughs> at, uh, Anthony's runway 84, uh, if indeed uh, you were on the losing end uh, of that particular bet. But uh, you were immersed in Tiger Mania yesterday, Mike Mayo. Well, first of all, good morning, New yes. Good morning, Defoe. And, uh, yeah, no, I hear every time that you have another guest, you're inviting him along. And I'm, I'm saying, uh, you know, this bet, win, lose, or draw for either of us, we're going to need to rent the Sacatoga <laughs> Stable school bus to get everybody to <laughs> runway 84. And uh, we're going to have ourselves a grand old time. And uh, later on today on the Lunchbox, we're going to get Anthony Bruno on uh, the Anthony and Anthony's Runway 84. We're going to get his view on the bet and see what uh, what he thinks about the Panthers' chances. But, uh, yeah, yesterday, this week, it's Tiger Mania, and I've got my master's cap. And oh, the nice. professor, uh, you know, it was a uh, uneven performance today. I, I do give him big props for ripping on you and Sally for taking the bait and going up to AC. And, uh, you know, it you you were deluded into thinking, oh, maybe only 300, 400 jackpot winners. Maybe we got a shot at it. And then you go there and you see steel drums filled like like One lady had 33. 30- Three entries, right? One lady, ten thousand entries, and yeah. uh, but you know, I'm glad that Sally hit. Uh, and then the professor, I'm still dizzy from his big board because it was all inverted, and I, you know, it's just like uh, I needed a gummy to see things uh, is properly. But strangely, um, I found it easy to read. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot uh, of sense uh, to me. Really weird, yeah. I don't know. All of a so, sudden, it was like it became clear to me what he was saying. In his honor, I've got my master's hat on, which he'd be happy to know that with the purchase of 10 pimento cheese sandwiches, it comes. You get the, the hat? hat. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. Did they punch a ticket? <laughs> but after 10 uh, pimento cheese sandwiches, uh, you would not need a hat. You would need a body bag, yeah. don't, don't you think? But, yeah, exactly. But we don't, want, we don't want to abide that kind of racist, misogynist place. So I'm going to go NASCAR today and keep rotating <laughs> my hats as we do the show. And, of course, today, uh, Shenanigans, one of our great yes. sponsors there. So, uh, Pat Utter, good place to uh, stop in and watch all the playoff action upcoming. So, we've got Shenanigans. And I am as giddy as a little schoolgirl today, Defo, because what do we have here today? Keeneland. It's oh, Keeneland. opening opening day of Judy beautiful Keeneland race course. And, yeah. you know, I've got good news. I got a hall pass today. 
the lovely uh, ex Mrs. Mayo is away this weekend, and my daughter, who I usually have to pick up from school, she's going to be going home with a friend this afternoon, and I'm going to be able to be out there at your favorite paramutual oh, facility for the opening day of Keeneland Action, which nice. I am super excited about because uh, not only the first race, unlike Gulfstream Park, we don't want to rag on Gulfstream too bad because we do like them and we're trying to get them on the hook for some things. But, um, you know, instead of a $10,000 claiming race to open the nice card like they did uh, last uh, Saturday, not that I'm bitter because I did hit a lot of races last weekend. And that's why I've got pep in my step and I've got money in the bank and it's all good. Uh, but Keeneland opens up today with the first two-year-old baby race i think of the year anywhere in north america four and a half panels four and a hook and wesley ward who uh you know just dominates has two and then you got to play the uh you know the the easy angle on that is always bet the higher price of the uh, uncoupled entry of wesley ward which i'll be doing in that first race uh but also use the box and box of wesley ward runners it'll pay about seven dollars but that's okay and then the fourth race today defoe the ultimate hunch bet for a jew f- uh, from brooklyn like us uh hot pastrami hot pastrami name, oh, a name of a horse yeah. he looks like a cheap claiming pig and he's ridden by a, a jockey i've never heard of and a trainer who hasn't won since last sukkus but Sounds i don't perfect. care yeah. i am going to be plunging double fisted on hot pastrami and we're going to be watching that together my friend that's going to be great Okay, no, I, it's always great, and uh, I actually I got an invite uh, like five in the morning. My uh, phone, uh, I forgot to mute the thing out, and uh, sure enough, uh, I, I get a text message from a friend of mine who's got a free place to stay in Lexington, but wants me to go there next Friday with him. Cute. So, Why not? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? I, obviously, it's under consideration here. It's I Good Friday. Go that would be a great out. Friday. Yeah, I mean, why not? Easter it's Sunday. There. If the weather's great, I mean, uh, you, you've been there, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, it's great. It's it's like a mecca for horse players because it's Beautiful, so pure. Yeah. And and it was so pure that for a while there they didn't even have a track announcer. They just let the horses run. That, that I don't care for. I'm a big no. fan of track announcers. Well, no, I, they I finally hired one about 20 years. He's very ago. good Kurt too. Becker. He's yeah, very good. Becker is good, yeah. but um, but no, that's, I I can see this now. You're going to go up there for Good Friday, and like Jesus, you're just going to get uh, you know crucified on Friday, but you'll have the resurrection on, <laughs> on Easter Sunday. You'll rise from the dead and hit like some late pick five or something. That's my mo. Uh, I've been up there several times. I want to say three or four, and uh, you know, usually for like a three or four day uh, plunging stay, uh, starting on a Thursday, getting right to the track. Uh, you know, the plane uh, flights are, are very convenient, even though you do have to take your life in your hands with Allegiant Airlines. <laughs> That's which uh, insiders say, uh, you know, a lot of the things that came out on that CBS piece, uh, 60 Minutes, <laughs> you know, multiply that by like uh, a fear factor of like uh, two dozen. And, um, it's, uh, it's but it's convenient. Ride. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, my my ex Michelle, the lovely and talented Michelle, uh, she had to go visit some family up in Columbus, Ohio. She said she took Allegiant last night and she made it, so she was happy. Oh, okay, two hours late, and uh, I think they only had to replace one part before takeoff. Uh, sometimes okay. you'll see a guy like carrying like a wing out, out to on the tarmac there, <laughs> and you're like, Where, "Where's that wing going, man? I mean, is that going in the cargo department?" And they're they're literally like attaching it as a plane is taken off. But uh, no, it, it's uh, really uh, I. I 
you know, it's kind of an odd way to describe it, but it's a, it's a lovely scene there, uh, you know, and, and I like it. I dig it. The kids and the crowd there, they really get into it. It's a big staple of what uh, they have going on in, in the city of Lexington. And they all come out like very well dressed. I mean, it's a real throwback type of stuff. Oh, so, yeah. uh, you know, very enjoyable scene. But, uh, you know, when it's uh, rainy and a little schmutzy out there and maybe a little cold, not so great if you're not, uh, you know, in some luxury suite and or uh, as we were uh, very fortunate to be accommodated in the green room, which is very nice. And, and uh, now that's where you'll get some burgoo gambling gourmet. <laughs> but would you try it? Lexington, Kentucky, go into a restaurant and say, uh, you know, I mean, do you ask what kind of burgoo you have tonight? I mean, or is it just like <laughs> I'll have the burgoo and you accept whatever rat meat that they happen to put inside this thing? Yeah, you know, I I am a big proponent of uh, when in Rome, do as the Romans. So, you know, I would be polite uh, and uh, order the burgoo and maybe put a nose clip on my nose to kill my taste buds. But uh, and probably drink four or five bourbons beforehand. So that would definitely uh, dull the pain. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a big burgoo fan. Hot browns I like, though. Do you like hot browns? Hot browns. And what's uh, involved in hot browns? I don't know, but <laughs> shockingly, shockingly well, what does it not, look like? I mean, shockingly, not skyline chili, but yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it's like kind of an open face sandwich that they pour some gravy, like a turkey melt or something. Oh like yeah, that. the turkey with melted Swiss cheese and then some brown gravy. I could be making that all up. I'm going to have to go to the Google machine, but uh, something like that. So, uh, yeah, anyway. not interested in uh, you know any kind of roadkill. Now, now, can you get burgoo anywhere in South Florida? Is there a place that? Uh, is oriented towards uh, serving uh, food that would be from the Kentucky area. You don't see uh, very many restaurants uh, that are Kentucky-themed, do you? There's a reason for that, Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It's like, uh, yeah, like come try the finest in the uh, uh Their food sucks, Russian now that you mention it. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are some good restaurants there, I, I, I would say for sure. that um, you know, And you always see that one advertised on TVG. What is it, Tony's? Where you have yeah, to walk that, through the yeah, kitchen there's, like there's you're some, in Goodfellas. There's some steakhouses there. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Anyway, I was right. Yeah. The uh, the 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 hot brown is uh, turkey with uh, a white cheesy sauce and uh, and and uh, gravy and sometimes people put uh, uh, bacon on it. Bobby well, Flayser version dude. calls for bacon. So it's kind of like a melted open face uh, turkey sandwich with gravy and sometimes bacon. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's acceptable. We I had uh, Flay on a show, a radio show one day. I was uh, broadcasting there on the backside of Churchill Downs, and uh, Bobby Flay came on, and, and he uh, was kind of an advocate of Burgoo, uh, although he did admit that, like, it could be possum or squirrel, even in his <laughs> His well, version of it, and it's hard to imagine a, a guy of his caliber uh, of, uh, you know, celebrity chefdom, you know, uh, actually throwing like a dead, you know, a dead possum into a pot. That's for the true uh, Kentucky aficionado. You have to go with the roadkill. Uh, now, look change. at you, Mr. Baseball. Okay, yeah, very good. That's it. We've got, uh, you know, we've got the uh, Marlins uh, uh, opening the season. I have no idea what they did because I was paying attention today, to Tiger they Woods start today. Only Tiger Woods. They played oh, the, good. Well, that uh, would Giants explain today. why I didn't hear yeah. about the win yeah. or the loss. I believe they're but, in San Francisco, I want yeah. to say. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Well, uh, that's a great place to be. And uh, uh, I leave my heart and wallet in uh, San Francisco and wine country because I love yeah. going there. Um, and... Uh, 
you know, congratulations to the Miami Heat. They locked up the number one seed last night, right? So they have home court advantage in the playoffs. I am not throwing any aspersions or doubts on the Heat. They have a winning culture. They know what they're doing. They seem to have gone uh, through their little bumpy patch and smooth things over. The whole Spolster versus Jimmy Butler versus Udonis uh, drama. And they look poised for a nice playoff run. A lot of people are predicting them to come out of the East. But that brings me to my other team, which... Uh, I know you were just wearing a Marlins hat. Are are you not able to see your own hats? He did on purpose. Marlins was on purpose. Opening day, go for the Marlins. Then the Heat, number one. Now we've got... Now he's working to the team. My team is the New York Rangers, and of course their 94 Stanley Cup championship. Holy Gerard Gallant. You have them going all the way? uh, I don't know, but I'm going to root for them because I was born a Rangers fan. I was a diehard... uh, you know, uh, degenerate in the blue section of Madison Square Garden. So I guess now the the reality can take forth is that uh, the reason I'm going against the Panthers because I'm still a Rangers fan, and the Panthers. Let's face it, they're a bunch of losers. They haven't won a playoff <laughs> round. And there you go, man. I mean, just, we're going to put this wow, up in the He's going room, hard, man. boy. I love that he's going all Feel in. Feel some man. inspiration there. Of, uh, yeah, the look, mayo. Any, anybody could win these meaningless regular season games. But when it comes time <laughs> for the playoffs, which is when the men really, you know, the, the cream rises to the top and the manly men grow beards, uh, you know, usually the playoff beards of the Panthers last about like what I have now, a three day stumble <laughs> because they're out the door and on the golf course. And, Not exactly uh, ZZ Top is what you're no, saying. No. no. So um, let's see. You know, look, I'm, I'm a strictly a cynical pessimist and saying, show me. I, I hope they prove me wa- wrong and they finally have Do that you? boat parade down the new river that uh, uh, Vinny Viola and Doug Sifu, which ends with F U, Doug Sifu. Um, I hope they. Uh, you know, are able to have their little This is personal, break. though, Mayo. You, oh, you should is. establish it, it that. This is him. personal, and it goes <laughs> back <laughs> to a Twitter <laughs> war with Doug Sifu, uh, Sifu the like years uh, ago. CEO of the Panthers, who had some unflattering things to say Look, about you, your character. You, you could assault my ideas, and I know you assault my ideas every day, or default. that's fine. But don't insult me personally and just say I'm not entitled to have an opinion just because I'm a, you know, that I've never run a business or or written a check for another employee, which nowadays, actually, I do write checks to other people. There so, you go. And I have there one you for you, Ex- my friend. So, um, so don't see bring, it, bring it to the track today. <laughs> and, in fact, I, if you could meet me at my bank, that would be even better. My favorite? Then I, I might was be talking able to Default. To, you know, hide a few hundred. About a new time. sponsor, and that's literally how he describes it. Oh, that's another hundred I can lose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God, right, I love that. Now we come to money. the eating portion of the segment. I know how much Default and Luby like. Well, what do you got? I've got a grandpa's everything bagel. Okay. With uh, I've got a choice of a, the scallion cream cheese or the uh, lox, uh, the the smoked oh, uh, lox bread. Salmon. Oh, I love lox bread. Lox bread. Good job. Oh, well, well, I mean, what does this have to do with the Masters here? Right? Nothing. Uh, well, um, try testing the no juice in the Masters <laughs> and or uh, as members. <laughs> Of the, the Augusta National Country Club? Believe it or not, there's an uncanny resemblance between, like, uh, uh, cream cheese and pimento cheese in that okay. they both will kill you and clog your arms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, here we go. He's sick in the All heat. right, very good. All right, so, um, and, and the reason for this is what? Because uh, you were playing Dr. Fauci earlier in the week, and uh, oh, you yeah, thought that you would eat a bad batch of oysters, which turned out to be a totally bogus theory. I love that. Yeah, because you had come to the conclusion, the medical conclusion, uh, Mike Mayo, that uh, this bad batch of oysters had caused you to have a- an ill-feeling stomach, almost to the point of uh, collapse uh, it wasn't, for a week. It wasn't an ill-feeling stomach. This was a 
a a major purge of skyline chili proportions, my friend. Where I was in <laughs> yes. bed for three days. It was, oh my and I tried to pin it on that. I'm Remember sorry. That. Yeah, weekly. Yeah. <laughs> it was a stomach bug slash norovirus that the you know the weird part was that I came down with it 24 hours after eating oysters uh, from British Columbia, which has been pinpointed as a source of some of this norovirus. Mm. But and the other thing that was corroborating evidence was. Uh, my friend Stephen Dickstein, who we were at the same meal and we ate the same oysters, and he also got sick the next oh, day, wow. and he had the same exact thing for the whole week. There you have it. Mm. Yeah. So we thought that was kind of a uh, you know kind of strong indication that it might have been from the oysters. But again, the uh, restaurant I got in touch with them. The chef was nice enough. Called me back. He did some contact tracing. He called the purveyor. And the tags of where the oysters came from in British Columbia supposedly were not the same ones that were identified by Dr. Fauci and the CDC and the FDA. And so it's all BS, your whole theory. Well, I mean, it's who knows? <laughs> you know, maybe those other oysters. Even what were you and Dickstein it? doing besides eating oysters? So <laughs> they were both not contract the same uh, bizarre and uh, very rare stomach we ailment. Sh- we shook hands with strangers. That's the problem <laughs> exactly. you know, these days. And, you know, are you the, wearing the stomach, a mask? I mean, what the hell? No, masks are gone, so yeah. that's it. Masks um, are gone. All right, we're up to the uh, wine portion of the day from Okay, Neo, what do you have going there? There you go. Neo Family Winery in Sonoma, which is a great place that, uh, you know, if I was covering the Marlins, I would go. I wish. No, it's totally unrelated. It's like same thing as the Mayo Clinic. I have no uh, piece of the action at the Mayo Clinic. Although you should check in sometime soon. Those numbers uh, back in order. Mayo Family Winery, very good red wines. That Not that you would ever taste that, but they have a very good Zinfandel. Don't need a red wine. I don't want to feel like you with the norovirus or whatever that was, uh, the bogus uh, patch of oysters that you blame the the poor chef. I wasn't blaming anybody. There were no lawsuits involved. I didn't want any compensation. I know when you take when you eat raw seafood, it's right there on the menu. It carries yeah. a risk. Yep, I yep, took yep. the risk. I paid a dear price, but it was a very effective diet. I'm very happy about that. Uh, I'm put, it it doesn't get, work. That doesn't work, Michael, because uh, you'll put that right back on as soon as you go back to look. You're, yeah, you're, you're stuffing your face bagels. with a bagel and a schmear on the show. You can't even wait to get off the show. I can't wait to get off air. So I'm how hungry. much are you going to eat after that? I mean, if you well, have I to start now. Oh, what's that? I can't hear you. I'm too busy chomping on a bagel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, okay. So right. I want to say, I want to ask what? something. All right. Uh, at least you pay homage to the Heat, and you brought up the Marlins, and I'm actually sad about the Marlins, even though no one's talking about them because the NL East is ridiculous. I think the Marlins actually are going to have a, a nice year. Down deep, do you really think the Panthers won't do anything, or you just personally can't no, allow yourself I'm, to? I'm because... totally playing contrarian on on TV and radio, and okay. because yeah, they played um, really well, even those games where the goal. No, no, sucked, they, play, they look, look like they look like they have all the ingredients for a deep run. But then there's that X factor, and the X factor is they're a losing team, a losing organization, a bunch of losers that do nothing but lose when it counts. So until they turn that tie, I'm going to be the contrarian, but. No, from a completely logical, on-paper point of view, this team should go deep. This team can contend for a Stanley Cup. But hockey games aren't played on paper, my friends. They're played on ice, and ice melts, just like the uh, that they melt as much as the weak and, you know, just cowardly hearts of the Florida Panthers. <laughs> Are you going to try to work some kind of freebie uh, with Bruno yeah, when he's on the show later today? <laughs> Anthony Bruno, the owner of this place that we're going. Which is fantastic, and uh, everybody's looking forward to it. Now, now uh, my uh, contingency uh, is that uh, 
none of the people that I invited, if I lose the bet, uh, they're on their own. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, we, we, we have We've been kind of implied to them that uh, if they do come and you lose the bet, that, that they're they're on your ticket. <laughs> and I know you, you shot that down he through your agent, clear. Jim Sarney, who, who thought that he didn't want to see you get financially destroyed by this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how strong the buyout was, there's, uh, you know, with the Sun Sentinel, but it can't be enough to support this uh, like a year later. There's two things I'm willing to do. First of all, the muscles are on me. There you go. Runway 84 is known for their complimentary muscles and red sauce. And the other thing is... But what they, brought that about, by the way? Did you ever ask Anthony about that? Because that, that's no, kind of a cool thing, right? Sounds like a fine question for you to ask Mr. Bruno. Oh, I'm going to toss it out there because yeah. uh, that, oh, nice. that's a curious point. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then um, the other thing is, if we do it on the Thursday meatball martini night, then the, the meatballs will be on me. Because when you go in the bar there, they usually pass around the trays of the complimentary. Meatball. Oh, yeah. Those are great, man. And, great. Uh, well, I can't do a Thursday. So it's uh, it's going to be uh, that it's going to be fun. And uh, Anthony was just concerned about, you know, because the place is closing for major renovations on um, uh, Mother's Day. Yeah. And the first round of the playoffs doesn't start till May 2nd. He's like, you're going to get in there before it closes. I think I've mapped it out that even, uh, if, be it a goes, sweep. Yeah. even if it goes seven games, I think it will be done before Mother's Day. And if not, we'll just go to Andy's Live Fire Grill. And uh, it's uh, just as expensive there. It's just not as I much. I was thinking uh, Prime 112. Uh, <laughs> Joe's. I've never even been there, but I know it's pricey. So, uh, you know, we want to break you. Uh, it's true. It's got to be a, Anthony Anthony. He Bruno. who plays contrarian uh, should suffer the consequences of being dead wrong. <laughs> I uh, although, uh, you know, I mean, you did uh, receive a massive amount of support uh, from uh, various experts. <laughs> What do you got here? Where are we going hat now? switch. Oh, We're Cafe Seville? Where are you going? <laughs> Cafe Seville. No, this is the Russian hat, the fur hat that I traded a pack of uh, marble cigarettes for in Moscow, probably with a KGB agent back in 1986. Yeah, and, uh, surprised you didn't end and, up in jail. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I probably should have. Um, or maybe I did, and I don't even remember it, but... Um, and this, I'm going to have to burn this hat because we are obviously opposed to all things Russian. Now they're a dirty, no good invading, uh, civilian slaughtering country. And, uh, with my heart and everything belongs to the people of Ukraine. Uh, so I will burn this hat immediately after the show. Oh, I think you're going to light it on fire right now. Right now. (laughs) That'd be good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would I mean, be... I know you have limited range here if you're going to stay on the show, yeah. but uh, you could set that thing on fire right in front of you and uh, and, and let it happen. Here's a strange thing that's happening, though, and I don't know how I feel about this because uh, you, know, you have any number of uh, outstanding Russian tennis players that are competing here in the States, uh, including and, they have a tournament. And, so, and some I've very erratic Russian goalies, might I remind you. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I was going to say that uh, Bobrovsky of late, I don't know if you remember uh, the scenes, uh, in the uh, gym when, when Joe Pesci was training De Niro in Raging Bull and he would put the little chest protector on, you know, and, and they would be sparring. And, and uh, you know, let's say, face it, there were a lot of holes in Pesci's game at that point. As, uh, you know, Lamana supposedly would, like, uh, hit him in the stomach there. And even with the chest protector on, he would go flying into the turnbuckle. Uh, <laughs> that's how Bobrovsky has been looking, like Pesci. Like a little not- awkward in there. There's no question about that. Yeah, if Sergei Bobrovsky was a horse, he'd be un ojo, the, the horse with one eye. So, uh, 
one eye. Hopefully he'll be able worst. to be a little bit sharper vision. Oh uh, and speaking of, can we talk about these three big races tomorrow a little bit? Because it, yeah, uh, sure. Besides being the opening day of Keeneland today, I mean, tomorrow is kind of the last uh, major stepping stone races to the Kentucky Derby, which of course is the first Saturday in May. So we're four weeks away from that. And then tomorrow we've got three big stakes races and aqueduct. We have the wood Memorial, which hasn't produced many uh, Derby winners. lately. One of my favorites though, a real staple in a New York race. Well, there are, it's a really good wide open race. And there's a horse named Morello. I think it might be named for Tom Morello. Who's that bassist was in rage against the machine. A guitar player. Been Joe Morello, the uh, drummer and uh, Dave Brubeck uh, quintet there. It could be, but Morello, Tom Morello, oh, it was the guitarist. He's one of the best guitarists, uh, rock uh, guitarists. Yeah, but whether it's uh, named after either one of those gentlemen, um, it's a horse that's been getting some buzz because he's uh, undefeated. But uh, I'm going with early voting. That's kind of my uh, the horse that I kind of like for the Derby. Um, Chad Brown sends out early voting in the uh, in the Wood Memorial. And, again, all the horses that finished uh, behind them came back to kind of win, including Un Ojo at odds of like a million to one in the uh, Rebel Stakes. And Un Ojo didn't have a good uh, performance in the Arkansas Derby. But um, I don't know. I, I like early voting in the Wood. And then, of course, we've got the uh, – uh, um, the bluegrass stakes uh, out at Keeneland tomorrow, and that also boasts a full and competitive field. And uh, we're looking at the uh, yeah the uh, ninth race on the card, five ten p.m. tomorrow. And again, uh, Chad Brown has a kind of hyped horse named Zandon. I don't know if I, I think I'm going against Zandon. Uh, I kind of like. Uh, again, I'm going with Flo the Jockey, Florent Giroux, who won the Arkansas Derby last week aboard Cyberknife. He's on a horse named Black Adder, who's coming out of California races and who was previously trained by one cheating Bob Baffert. Uh, but now, in order to qualify for the Derby and get the points, uh, he's been, uh, the training ha- duties are now handled by Rudolph Brissett. So again, they can do this late switcheroo, change barns, change trainers, and now Black Adder will be eligible to uh, qualify for points and run in the Kentucky Derby if he uh, performs well tomorrow, which I think he'll do. And even though he's 20 to one in the morning line, I'm going to take a flyer on a long shot. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of like also volcanic from Mark Cassie also listed at 20 to one. And then the Fletcher has something in there, but I'm going to go swing for the fences in Kentucky tomorrow with volcanic, and Black Adder at both 20-to-1 morning lines. So that's something to be excited about. You hit that and put some money away in a cookie jar there, and uh, that'll bail you out uh, <laughs> and, whenever we go to runway. And then we can afford – we can just invite more and more people, and we'll rent that school uh, It'll bus. be like yeah. a table of 100. Can Bruno yeah. uh, accommodate? That'll be the question. And the last thing of the Santa Anita Derby is uh, on the card tomorrow at uh, 5.45 Eastern time. So they're running all these three big races, I guess, within an hour apart. It'll be going wood and then bluegrass and then uh, the um, Santa Anita Derby, kind of a small field because uh, basically it looks like a two-horse race between Messier and I guess I got to put back my Rangers hat, uh, but a horse uh, for Tim Yachtin. Uh, I don't know if he was previously trained by Baffert or not. It might be, but Messier uh, is even money against Forbidden Kingdom who's Richard Mandela. Um, I know Kate and Brader loves Forbidden King- Kingdom and what Katen likes, I usually like too, because she knows what she's doing. So uh, Forbidden Kingdom will be my uh, chalky pick in the San Anita Derby. So I'm going two chalks and a couple of long shots. Uh-huh. In the- yeah. Can you keep track of all this? 
I give you credit. Like you threw out like 15 yeah. things. It sounded like yeah, my uh, bank account. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did well uh, last hey, week. What happened? Uh, what happened to Corniche? What, what happened to that horse? I haven't Corniche. seen anything from uh, Corniche, the uh, winner of the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile. Right, uh, looked very impressive to me. Another Baffert horse. They were going to have to uh, debate what to do, and uh, the owner was very. Uh, gracious and saying, oh, yeah, well, we don't know what's happening with Bob yet, but, uh, you know, we're not acing him out. But uh, I haven't seen this horse run. Has he uh, been on the track at I didn't, all this year? I didn't Google him. I don't know if he's gotten injured. I don't know if they've got him on the shelf for later in the year. Uh, but Corniche has seemed to go on the way of chicken chow mein. Yeah, aha, yeah. aha, I was listening. You were listening. Yeah, right. No, that's nice. true. Nobody, uh, I mean, does anybody order that in a Chinese restaurant, chicken chow mein? And if Not they me, do, but... I mean, uh, you uh, being the discriminating, uh, you know, food critic that you are, I mean, do you not look at the person and say, you might want to try something else? What is chicken chow mein? Because, like, isn't it just like, it's, it's kind of celery, like the, yeah, it's, and it's the skyline chili of Chinese yeah, yeah, food. It's it really is. Yeah. I mean, mess that you put <laughs> over. I've right. never had it. I just know they still serve it. Like, I don't know if I've actually had chicken but chow mein. I was like you. I used to have it all the time as a all kid, time, even right. in restaurants. But, yeah. It, it, what was in the top can that you peeled off? You know, you had the little, like, kind of red... And, crun- and you peel the top. noodles. Oh, that's what it oh, was. Oh, yes, yeah. the noodles. Isn't it like the, noodles, front, like the, the onion things? Crunchy yeah. noodles Very good, top. my friend. Not even onion. Not onion strings. Back. It's not potato sticks. No, no, it's but I'm like saying, little, like, yeah. Yeah. It was the Chinese noodles. Top. Yeah. The yeah. crunch. Excellent. And, and they still have those style noodles at Christine Lee's. See, those I like, and they don't sell those anymore when you get Chinese food. They give you the long All right, we have to run. We're going to see you later on, 12 o'clock today, Odyssey Radio app. And Mike Mayo. Uh, the Gambling Gourmet here is uh, Mike Mayo with the Lunchbox uh, on the air from 12 to 1 uh, Eastern Time. And uh, that, that show is archived also on the uh, Odyssey app, so uh, you can catch all of the different things there. Some uh, big shots coming up there, right? You have uh, Anthony coming on today. And yeah, then uh, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz, right, on Monday. Yeah, Congresswoman who has been, uh, I guess, sidelined by COVID, but uh, yeah. she's uh, hopefully well enough and tentatively scheduled to come on the Lunchbox on Monday. And we'll talk uh, food and more with her. Don't bring up that guy. What is his name? Getz, uh, that, that maniac oh, from uh, Northern Florida? Wow. No, Matt Gates. Trump? Uh, Gates, yeah. <laughs> may as well be Getz. May as well be Goebbels, this guy. <laughs> All right. Thanks, uh, Michael. Uh, we'll see you later on. And then uh, I'm glad you're coming out today to punch away on the opening day at Keeneland. That we should be able to make it out there for the first race. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, by the second. The second. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see you out there. We're looking forward to that. And uh, are you going to join us uh, to meet with Ray Hudson later on this evening? Oh, that's at 5 o'clock. I forgot about that. It's a yeah. distinct possibility. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's going to oh, be at the Sea uh, Watch across the street here. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys on right. Monday. Thanks well, everybody man. for tuning in. It was a pleasure being with you, uh, Mike Mayo. Thanks uh, for being with us. The professor killed it once again with the professor's big board, and uh, we appreciate to all the people tuning in, downloading the show, and then uh, top of that, just googling the Defoe show. It's that simple. And uh, of course, uh, we have the uh, Believe Network program after hours with you and me, Luby. How about that? We literally are after hours. So and today we'll talk a little baseball with one only Craig Mish as it will be finally opening day all around Major League Baseball. I like the fact that the uh, guy that's handicapping in the New York Post uh, for, uh, I guess, what was Musburger's organization already buried the public. <laughs> Dame one. <laughs> there was a selection of like six games on opening day, and he had to find one that he could lose. All right. Uh, we'll see you on Monday, and uh, hopefully we'll come up with some winners uh, for next week. We'll see how you fare in the Masters. Enjoy that. Maybe Tiger Woods will cash it. At 50 to 1, he certainly looks like he's in a position to make the cut unless things go really haywire today. So that'll be very exciting. A couple of our uh, people on the chat line said that. Ah, ah, Got to go, guys. Got to watch the Masters there. So they must also be getting ESPN+. Plus. Although everybody's kind of peeking in on this thing. Have you noticed that, Luby? 
like the golf channel uh, they have people and they're you know they're situated somewhere where you know if you look through the crowd's shoes you can see a little bit of tiger woods and they go there he is <laughs> and then espn gives you a little sneak preview because they want you to watch later on and then did you notice this they had no other programming yesterday it was yeah, the masters all day long they should uh, they isolated on tiger's round and uh, you would have thought as i said that nobody else was playing if you watched any of the news this morning Sung J.M. does not exist. His name is not even on the leaderboard. <laughs> the leaderboard is a guy that's it's just like Woods, in Woods, 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 Woods. <laughs> and maybe we need to applaud that. I mean, uh, you know what? That couldn't have been an easy comeback, huh? I mean, imagine oh, no, coming back to that level of distinction where you're one under on a day where only 10 guys shot under par in the entire Masters field. Despite, Luby, the soft landing conditions, almost as if they were landing on a, uh, you know, a pillow right by the pin. Uh, of the uh, greens. We'll see how the conditions are today. And uh, we hope you guys are in good condition on Monday when we join you again on Ion Channel. I'm Jeff DeForest from Mike Luby Lubitz. We'll see you next time as we leave you now that. The time. Oh, and I talked to Tommy Fox. Things are cooking down there at Jimmy John's. Are they? Show. What's going on? I want to go, but like, I don't want to go make the trip. in summer. Like, let's get going. Maybe in conjunction, uh, you know, with the book being released that Dave Hyde wrote that he talked about on the show yesterday. It's on 904. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.